yes, hello. I am James Rodens, and today it's the Dublin R507. It's Wrestle Kingdom 18. I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show is, of course, the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How's it going? Hello. Happy Friday, everyone. Going all well. Very excited to be here for Wrestle Kingdom 17. Or is it 18? 18. It's 18. Okay. Re- ready for Wrestle Kingdom 18. It's not because I haven't just watched Wrestle Kingdom 17 and 18 back to back because if I'm a weirdo, no, it's nothing like that at all. No, it's not like you didn't pay attention to me talking during the intro and saying it was number 18. But let's not start, all right? Oh, we, we don't want to start the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. We're having a good one today. It's a fresh start. Uh, up next. Our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity. It is Monty. How's it going, man? It's going great. I'm always excited to be here normally, but you know, these these pods and just anytime we talk about uh, New Japan in depth is just special to me. So uh yeah, man. I'm 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 excited and always always happy to be here. But man, it's all I this this puts an extra pep in my steps uh every time we do them. So I'm just happy to be doing this again. Yeah, well, people that don't like this, they can blame you because it's your fault. Well, screw them. New Japan, right? <laughs> screw them. <laughs> Cut it off. Go to the next part. We'll talk about, you know, one of the other mini promotions on the next episode. So Yeah, we've yeah. got the Rumble cool. next show. So if you want to just yeah. skip, if you're listening now, you know. But honestly, listen, it's going to be a great show. Uh, <laughs> but by no means least. I can't think. Bad TV and other people's lives on Instagram and Facebook feeds got me fatigued. Another night holed up inside, so we hit the streets and walked around routes we were running the ground a thousand times before. Pending by city walls and our trains of thought, inspiration left us cold. And the 95 took what's yours. Late nights and the early starts left you feeling short like a mountain stack of bills. Of course it's Gina. How's it going? Hey, what it do, gang? I'm super now, excited for this uh, uh, New Japan pod. I'm actually up to date with it, so I'm happy. Are you up to date? So that's good. That's good. But um, I know I just did a song there, and you might not know what it is. So I'm going to ask Monty quickly. Do you know what that song was? It wasn't sung well. Yeah, I was going to say maybe if you did a better job, I would have had a clue. No, I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> Wait, can I? Can I guess? Yeah, go on. Was it actually from um, 500 Days of Summer, the movie? <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. Oh, oh well, I failed. Fuck. No, at least you try. <laughs> what can we say? Uh, <laughs> no, it was Young Punks from Personality Cult. Personality Cult. Of yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. And the mighty uh, Don't Kneel. Gina, you could have had Zack Sabre Jr. Before we start, Why I can tell you, you could have. Sabre Jr. from when you know that me and him got beef. You, you could have had his beef. You could have had beef. No, I watch his beef. So Why is it you're like trying to put my sister out constantly to Zack Sabre Jr.? I, I yeah, don't know what's what... the deal with it. <laughs> He's the greatest technical wrestler going. And I. Doesn't matter. Jackson, I, I don't it's not about you two. All right? I'm talking to Gina. We're having a one on one here. If I'm going to pimp my sister out to anyone, there's going to be someone that's going to get me in touch with Daddy Okada. So why are you wow. trying to get like why are you trying to get my sister on someone like 
Um, Can we start with the pivot? I'm not yeah, interested well, in exactly. that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Jaxie doesn't help herself. <laughs> no. Like, no, no, no. I don't mind her being pumped out, but just to the right person. <laughs> right, you've got to... person that I, I can, you know, uh, get Daddy Okada, you know. <laughs> no, let's not well... pimp my sister. Okay, it's not pimp my sister. Let's not do you that. You know what? If we ever stop doing a dub in our podcast, we will call it Pimp My Sister. And then we can do <laughs> shows. It'll be fun. Uh, we have a lot to catch up on today. But I promise this six months will fly by. I'll say it quickly so you don't realise how long it is. I missed the Independence Day before the G1. That was our last show where we talked about Japan, the G1 Climax. Yeah. Uh, I thought Independence Day was a US show, but it wasn't. And there was four title changes over two nights. July 4th, Alex Cotlin and Gabriel Kidd. Uh, defeated Hiroki Gotu and Yoshihashi to win the strong open tag team championships. The semi-main event, Driller Maloney and Clark Connors defeated TJP and Francisco Akira to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. July 5th, Junior beat Willow Nightingale for the strong women's title. Great stuff. I can't believe Willow's actually not doing more in AEW, but this is why Junior is on Trip's wish list. And Eddie Kingston beat Kenta to win the strong open weight championship. She is special, Monty. You are right. Let me take a breath. <laughs> uh, we got New Japan Destruction in Kobe, which was September 24th. The Bullet Club, Dan Maloney and Clark Connors defeated Tiger Mask and Kevin Knight. Just five guys. Sonata Takamichinoku, Doki. Doki, because it's Doki Pokey. I always get that wrong to begin with, Monty, but I'm going to get it right. God damn you. Defeated House of Torture, Evil, Dick Togo and Yuhiro Takahashi. El Fantasma Tangaloa and Tamatonga with Hekaleu and Jado defeated the Bullet Club, which was David Finley, Chase Owens, Gabe Kidd, Alex Coughlin, Gado. Leo Russian Yo defeated Los Ingobalabas de Japan in uh, Takahashi and Bushi. TMDK, Zack Sabre Jr., Bad Dude, T.O. defeated Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. Sabre and Ishii traded more quick offense when Sabre suddenly got an icon roll, leaned back for leverage and scored the pin. They made the challenge for the six man tag team title belts afterwards. Each and part of Tanahashi. Did Tito pin Carter? Uh, Sabre did. Oh, Sabre did. Wow. Okay, I missed that match. Oh, Ishii. Okay. And then we get Sho versus uh, Taichi for the KOPW title. Sonada and Eva were handcuffed together, as were Togo and Taka, as were. Doki and Yurihiro, but Yushinobu Kanemura ran to the ring. However, instead of making a save, he sprayed alcohol into oh, his face. Kanemura hit a brain buster on Taichi, peeled off his shirt, revealing a house of torture shirt, showed a shogar across for the pin, and a new champion. Um, looked like Kanemura never hurt his knee, and the fix was in long ago. <laughs> and Eva got in the mic and said that House of Torture is now five members. And just five guys only has four. House of Torture's gained momentum there, and I don't like it. But Monty, this was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's in hindsight, it should have it shouldn't have been, but it really was a shock at the time because just five guys in their original incarnation seemed like they were on the same page. Uh, but you know, Yoshinobu <laughs> kind of say that again. Monty, who was the fifth? Because I thought it was just four guys. No, no, no. 
it's just four after this match, but Conor Morrow <laughs> was the fifth guy. You got Takamichi Noku, you uh, got Doki, and then you have yeah. Kaichi and Sonata. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew those was okay. So sorry about that. I just needed to be caught up. I didn't know there was a fifth to have gone back down to a fourth. Yeah, the fifth turned on them and went, then went back down to fourth. Then he became the fifth of House of Torture, which again, in hindsight, should have made sense. Uh, it, it started to make sense after I realized Best of Super Junior uh, Tag League was coming up. And House of Torture, Torture at the time only had one junior in that show. So it made uh, sense. And But but uh, five, just five guys with Nobu on there was three juniors because you had Taka, and Doki, and then Yoshinobu. So, he also is the heel master, so him turning on them in hindsight, again, is not that much of a shock, because that's just what he does. He's not a good person, never has been. And uh, hitting him with the Satori surprise, uh, it was uh, very funny. His reasoning after the fact was just, uh, you know, come on, guys, did you really think I would be with you lame, lame, lame hoes that long? So, he, he talked wow. like it didn't matter <laughs> anyway, so that's yeah. Konamaru for you. Uncle Nobu is the heel master for a reason. Good to know. Without Monty, it is just me like doing names. So I'm glad <laughs> I said, I mean, we're all I helping each other out. Definitely when it comes to sort of the build-up of things, uh, we have not, ha- you know, my sister and I have definitely not had enough time. So it's really nice to sometimes be able to ask these questions and we have someone like our sensei, Monty, who really does know how to just quickly update us and actually tell us, oh, this is what happened beforehand. And then things make sense. This is why you got us, guys. Yeah. So, Jaxie's saying that my scripts don't make any sense. Uh, Bisherman, Hiroki <laughs> Gotu, and Toshihashi <laughs> defeated the Mighty Don't Nil, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols to retain the tag titles. Um, I want a new champions. Uh, but again, for me, Shane and Mikey have gone up in many people's estimation after the G1. Yeah. Um, Give time. Really, really good. We see Shingo Takaki defeating Great Akan, uh, Naito versus Jeff Cobb. <laughs> now, Monty, I love New Japan, mm-hmm. but carrying a contract around in a little flimsy bag. <laughs> in a tote. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. it's cute. Don't well, get me wrong, but you gotta they understand do get briefcases. Yeah, he didn't want one. He didn't want one. He was gonna he was gonna destroy it because he just it's the same thing he did with the Intercontinental Championship when he first won it. He's he's different, man. Naito is different, uh, and he just he said it's a contract. He doesn't understand why we would waste a nice briefcase on it, so he just put it in a, in a tote bag and carried it around, letting it, reminding everyone he had the date, had the uh, Wrestle Kingdom date written on the bag and everything. So, yeah. Uh, I think they started to sell those little totes too. He's a, he's a merch master, by the way. It's like a like an orange Cassidy thing where he keeps a belt in the backpack. Is it similar? To that? It's even less than a, it's. <laughs> it depends on how you feel about the backpack. If you hate the backpack, you might love the totes because it's just a little bag that's open, and you can tell it's just a paper in the bag. So, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 literally like I don't know how to explain. Like you're picking apples and you put it in a. Like a nice little tote bag or something. <laughs> like a purse. It's closer to a purse than a backpack. Timothy, <laughs> you know, you want it to be a little bit different. Didn't want the briefcase, so yeah. thought a tote would be the next best thing. <laughs> well, uh, Cobb set up for Tory Islands, but Naito turned it into Destiny. Destino. 
I'll get it right in a minute. Naito now the second Destino flipping face plant fully clean pin. Great stuff. And then Will Ospreay defeated uh, Yota Suji to retain the UK title. Um, I think it reminded Yota scored a pinfall over Ospreay at the end of the G1 Climax tournament in the multi-man match. But Ospreay now the storm driver powerbomb. Uh, Yota stumbled to his feet but was still smiling. He's always smiling. Osprey yeah. hit him blade to the jaw, <laughs> did a storm breaker for the pin. Suji yeah, has the second best spear in the business. But Monty, don't ruin my jokes, but the best teeth in the wrestling business. Uh, Will did make him look like a star, but credit to him as well. And like we talked off air, uh, Suji needs a lot of experience, and this is definitely going to help him along the way. Yeah, man, this is awesome. Like, again, knowing what I know now about Osprey's future. Uh, I just really love what he did here the last few months of his run in New Japan. And I think this match and a match we'll talk about a little later uh, with Shota, like, man, he really made those guys feel like they were on another level. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, his, that's his catchphrase. He's on another level Well, he picked uh, Suji up from whatever level you thought he was at. And I think he, he at least brought him up three, four, five levels because Suji looked like an absolute killer in there. And he was just, like you said, he survived a lot of damage he looked great uh towards the end there even before he took the finish so again i i just really love uh because i know how much the people already support suji i love suji getting a match like that under his belt uh because that was by far his greatest performance and he's had a lot of good ones so far in his short run so yota suji is a star man i just think if new japan knows what they're doing uh they could they scrap the rocket on the suji Sooner than later. Yeah, and we should say as well, because um, I haven't actually put it here, but of course, Will Ospreay, as we mentioned, decided uh, to leave New Japan and sign for AEW. Hasn't happened in this kind of timeline yet, but as you said, this kind of run of matches just shows how great he's been in 2023, plus the kind yeah. of, like you said, working with the guys. And another match made straight afterwards, after he said that Suji was amazing, is against Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, they agreed yeah. to fight at Royal Crest 3. One last time. Fuck me, man. Anyway, it's <laughs> a match we've been waiting for, but we'll get onto that in a little bit. We've got Destruction, night two, October 10th. Uh, of course, we've got the Frontier Zone, which is young guys or indie wrestlers given a chance, mm-hmm. which I really like the idea. It's quite cool. You know, I can imagine WWE doing something like that and then just having a WWE guy win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Not to confuse so, anybody anymore. They, Sorry, go on. No, they would. They would do that. They would be like, "Yeah, we're we're showcasing this awesome like showcase of different wrestlers from different promotions." But guess what? Seth Rollins winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what's gonna happen. You know what's gonna happen. He's winning injured because we don't let him have a break. You know. <laughs> well, I will tell you, someone who did return to Japan it was Yura Yuramura. Um, you might not have heard of him, but he was excellent in impact, especially towards the end, teaming with Joe Hendry. Um, he came back from excursion and is a new member of just five guys. Because there you go. four guys, back and to now five. It's five guys. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> we said Doki, Daichi. Yeah, we're back to five. Back to five. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Sensei, let me know next time. <laughs> <laughs> Doki, Taichi, Yuramura, B Show, Yoshinobu Kamimura, and uh, Takahashi. 
Yura got the win for his team. Chase Owens and Tangaloa. Well, Tanga got stuck going for a 6 or 9 but did manage to get the win. I won't waste my money on either of them. Uh, we get Leave my guy alone, man. Oh, you're a Chase Owens fan? <laughs> No, I'm talking about teeth. Not, I'm not definitely not talking about teeth. <laughs> um, are you mad at, at Tangaloa? What's wrong? I, do, uh, I just think coming back from he's the cool, injury, but he's not. He yeah, he's nowhere he, near where he nah. could be. I've seen better on NXT 2.0. I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, okay, wow, I don't know about that. that. I don't know about <laughs> that. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's really making a statement right there. <laughs> he's not. The thing is, he's uh, Hikaleo has been able to be more active than him because of his knee injury. So Hikaleo has taken steps ahead of him. Tama was always a little bit better and way more natural than him. So he's just kind of trying to catch up with what his brothers have been doing because yeah, they've I'm, been able to wrestle. I'm while literally he's been basing hurt. off the last. Like I would say, two years, yeah, kind of full on watching. If you know what I mean, if that's right, he's been hurt. Yeah, but he was all like Tonga when he was when they were in a tag team, and it was just him and Tama Tonga. They were an awesome team together. That's why they won so many tag. That original God, yeah, yeah, the original God, yeah. But he just he got injured, and it was a bad knee injury too. So it's not like just some something you know. He tore the MCL and the ACL, so he just hasn't really been the same. Nice shit. So, uh, Lost in Goblin, <laughs> Japan, Naito, Shingo, Bushi, and Suji defeated United Empire, Rakan, Jeff Cobb, Hinare, and Callum Newman. And Naito beat new member Newman with a uh, Destino. I want Callum to have a race versus Nathan Fraser. Who do you think wins, Monty? I'll take, I'll take Fraser, but, you know. It's like Flash versus Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get it. <laughs> we get the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Bullet Club Board Dogs, Clark Connors and Drill Malone defeated Intergalactic Jet, Jet Setters. Let me get that right. Kushida and Kevin Knight. Bullet Club attacked from behind. Kushida said of the Driller Killer was awesome. It's just a shame mm-hmm. it wasn't the finish. But there we go. Uh, best of seven series. Match seven. Shoto Mino, Yuji Nagata and Master Watto defeated Strong Style. And Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, Ren Narita. Uh, I was most invested in shooting Narita. They really went at it late. I liked how the commentary pointed out they weren't looking to tag out. This was about pride for them. In the end, it was Shooter who pulled it out, beating Narita with the Death Rider. But, Monty, can you explain to me who won the series? Because I didn't understand. It was no one won. It was tied. <laughs> right. Okay. Three, it was tied. 3-3. Three, three. No one won the series. <laughs> uh, with the seven, uh, that's what Shelton them earned. He earned a, a draw. Which, if you know uh, Shota Umino and Ren Narita's history, when they were young lions, they had the most draws. That most of, a lot of times when they, when you have these young lion classes, uh, the two best usually tend to fight, and they go to like ten minute, twenty minute draws. Like Show and Yo, when they were both young lions, used to have a lot of uh, used to just always battle to a draw, or it would be a really close victory for for Show or vice versa. And, and Ren Narita and Shota Umino's, they draw like like 15 straight shows, I remember almost. Like, just just kept fighting, and they just, they always pushed each other to be better. So this kind of was a a continuation of that. The only difference was you have Yuji Nagata and uh, Suzuki, who have hated each other for 40 years, and then you have 
Master Watto and El Desperado, who Desperado, Master Watto was continuing to try to prove himself to El Desperado. So it was a great uh, little clash. And you kind of saw at the end there after uh, <laughs> Shelter Umino won, them all begrudgingly shake hands. <laughs> what was that to say? Yeah, shoot when the reach shook hands. Yeah, they, the took, they were fine. Everyone hand. else. Yeah. Yeah. Just brought it with his pinky, and the Gata and Suzuki <laughs> kind of slapped each other a few times. They slapped each other. After the match, Suzuki's like, I will always hate you. I, I, I will never lose to you, Yuji Nagata. I, I, don't, I would I lose 30,000 matches before I lose to you again. And all Nagata said after that was, man, this is weird. <laughs> Well, we get the New Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships, Gridder's Destiny, uh, Hikaleu and El Fantasmo defeat Bullet Club War Dogs, Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kigg to win the titles. Bullet Club attack from behind, but this time only one man. The face got going late. Use a barrage capped by Thunderkiss86 to give us new champions. Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships, Chaos, Okada, Ishii and Tanahashi defeated Motor City Machine Guns. Of course, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin and Josh Alexander retained the titles. This was a real main event for me. The closest check saw Alexander inadvertently hit Shelley, which set the champion up to fall to the high fly flow. Impact may have lost this time, but I think they're winning overall with this relationship. Um, again, it's different to the relationship that AEW has with New Japan. But, I mean, Japan will love Josh Alexander, you know. This can only be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, he, he has an awesome style that fits what New Japan uh, really, really likes, you know, with his explosiveness and uh, just athleticism and being a, a, just a great technical wrestler also. So he fits right in. The Motor City Machine Guns are someone that they've watched uh, off and on come to Japan for years. So they were going to be uh, beloved over there. And like I, like I kind of said, like you said, before the show started, Man, they were going against the greatest six-man champions in, in the history of New Japan, and this match is a great example of why. I mean, did you hear that crowd and how into it they was by the, by the end when Tanahashi finally got up to uh, hit the uh, aces high and then the high fly flow? So it was it was an awesome, awesome six-man match. Like I said, Ishii, Okada, and Tanahashi, it makes sense that they're the greatest because that's like a they, – they just – they're like a dream team. Like, there's no weak points at all in that spot. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I'm with you. Uh, Impact, uh, the relationship has worked really well. But Impact seemed to be working really well with uh, with a lot of people, other than when they were trying to work with AEW. I, I heard that one didn't go so well. But they borrow from a lot of different pools of talent. MLW, I've seen all types of people who I thought was exclusive somewhere else, and they show up to, in Impact or TNA. So uh, yeah, man, this was a uh, very very good stuff for, for Impact, but also uh, it worked and ended up being a very entertaining clash, even when it's something that I don't think anyone thought was uh, would happen. I didn't, I didn't have that on my bingo card. No, not but it was sure. a great match. It's stuff that I love about wrestling, especially New Japan, kind of being open to working with other companies as well. You know, that's kind of how you do it, um, and we've seen it there. You know, the World Champion of Impact got pinned, but people were more excited that we might get Tanahashi versus Shetty down the road. You know. Right. Anyway, never open weight championship. Tamatonga defeated David Finley to win the title. Tama rallied late and won after hitting the Styles Clash and a Dre Diller Driller. Even this was a rough night for Bullet Club. Uh, the junior heavyweight championship three way match. Takahashi defeated Mike Bailey and Yo to retain the title. 
It was a shame Leo Rush had the awesome match, man. And missed the match. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah. I wanted, you know, don't get me wrong, but I think you stick Leo Rush in there as well. But this was really, really good. And again, Mike Bailey, impact and what he can do, uh, fantastic. And then we had something less fantastic, which was the World Heavyweight Championship Lumberjack Death Match with Sonada defeating Evil to retain a title. I don't know if we need 30-minute main events with Evil, you know, but luckily Sonada didn't fuck about uh, with Deadfall. I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Monty? Because, again, I just... I could have done without this. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to have a completely different perspective because I'm a, because of who I am, but I'm, I'm not opposed to anyone saying that they didn't want to watch uh, not only just Evil, but just the House of Torture in their format and all the shenanigans because... You're right. I think this match probably would have been a good 20 minute, 25 or even 15 to 20, 15 to 25 minute match probably is where it should have been. But the, the, the shenanigans, all the interference and the extra stuff attached to it is what kind of pushed it for as long as it went. Because it, every time you thought Sonata finally won the match, the ref would get pulled out. We had, we had three, four, I think at least three referees, right? Because that's just how many bumps took place. So yeah, man, it was, but it was a lumberjack match, so I kind of expect. I mean, they they come out there when it's a regular match, so you know what's gonna happen when they're supposed to be out there. I didn't hate this one as much as you did, mostly because I'm familiar with the history, and it's just another example of how Sonata and Evil have just went completely opposite of ways from when they were tag team champions and one of the best uh, heavyweight tag teams and one of the best members of Lij. Both guys were. You know, Evil used to have used to have some of the greatest matches, or at least some of the greatest strong style matches that you can think of for a period of time. There, then just who he's become since becoming the, the leader of House of Torture is the complete opposite of that. He does not care about the quality of the match; only wants to win the way he wins. And I think later on at the end of this, uh, when we talk about Wrestle Kingdom, you'll see uh, even more of a, a a great personification of where all three of the guy of uh, main guy the, the former main guys of LIJ because they were like along with Bushi they were the first three to debut Evil Sonata and Naito uh what well, Naito was already there but they joined so Sonata and Evil have a lot of history but Sonata's always had that upper hand when when things were even that's why I was so shocking to me when he lost to him in the G1 because Sonata usually finds a way to beat Evil and uh he did it once again here so I didn't have a problem with it as much as you did, but I understand your sentiment because it can definitely be exhausting when you know what's going to happen when it comes to House of Torture. We move on to Rule Quest 3, October 14th. I cannot believe, I mean, Jaxie, can you believe that it's like nearly a year and a few months ago now? And he seems like you're right. doesn't it? It really did, especially when kind of re going and re-watching through this, it just kind of took me straight back to this time last year and was like, how are we not here again? We should be there, you know? Um, but it was it was a lot of fun watching it this time around, having been there and experienced it firsthand the year before. It was really nice. Yeah, well, we uh, see Tadris Shimori defeating Robbie X. Our boy Trent Seven came close, but was beaten by El Dusperada. Uh, Yota Suji defeated Luke Jacobs. Suji won with the Gene Blaster Spear. The IWGP Junior Tag Team Match, Clark Collins and Jilla Maloney defeated... Cameron Kai and Leon Slater. This was the third defense for Collins and Maloney. 
the War Dogs of Tanya Dove did the full clip. Gridders of Destiny, El Fantasma, Tanga Tonga, and Tanga Loa defeated Bullet Club, War Dogs, Alex Coughlin, David Finney, and Gabe Kidd. Loa scored with a win with Apeshit and Finley. Tanga Loa will go one one with Finley at Power Struggle in a match I didn't ask for. Renderita and Shota defeated Francisco Akira and Great Akan. Umino pinned Akira with a Death Rider. Shooter looked good. Uh, Tatsu Naito and Bushi defeated Sonada and uh, Doki. Naito pinned Doki with a Destino. Post-match, Bushi misses Sonada. Eddie Kingston, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Michael Aku defeated United Empire, Hanari, Jeff Cobb and TJP. The champion of the British scored the fall on TJP with a flash pin. And Tanahashi Musto, Oku's girl, Amira. I don't know if anybody saw that as well, but that was quite funny. Tanahashi just walking away. <laughs> He's like, no, I'll, I'm, I'll take this one, it's fine. Uh, we then see Shingo defeated Tomohiro Ishii uh, after the match. Never open weight champion Tamatonga challenged Shingo to a top match at Fight Spirit Unleashed. Monty, 40 in Japan is different to 40 in WWE, though, isn't it? You know? And is that due to just in ring? kind of miles on the clock. Yeah, man. Have you seen a New Japan? Have you seen a, a New Japan match? The style is completely different, man. And uh, It's just, yeah, if you've been doing it a long time and you're around 40, you've probably been injured, seriously injured multiple times or at least, uh, you know, it, you probably make, like Naito was making serious surgery wait until his retirement, but he said, ah, I'm screwed. I'm going to have to go ahead and get it down. So, you know, like, a lot of that stuff is going on. I mean, you can tell by, uh, I know Cajun Muto, he retired, but when you, if you see, watch, watch how the great Muto walks now. Those knees are shot, brother. Look at Tom, look at Tanahashi when he walks. Those knees are shot. So, yeah, man, 40 in WWE is completely different. They don't ask you to do half as much. Uh, even if you're on the house show circuit still, you usually can take it a lot easier. The TV matches are going to be, uh, less physical, less uh, length of time. You're gonna you're gonna do more promos, you know. Um, promos and stuff like that are secondary in New Japan. So yeah, man, if you're 40 years old in uh, in WWE, you know you can look like uh, LA Knight, even though I know he's new. But you know what I mean. You can you can still be relative. AJ yeah. Styles is a great example. Lashley, how you can continue. Yeah, yeah, Lashley. Yeah, yeah. Like you got you can go down the list of guys. I think again. Shinsuke, if he's still in uh, in in New Japan, he may be already trying to retire, or at least looking way less than he has looked now because of what he did around what set. Now he's been in WWE seven years, and he still looks like he could go even longer. Oscar, I know the person over in over her forties. You can't tell, you know what I mean. But the WWE style has helped that. Yeah, without a doubt. We then get Will Ospreay defeating Zack Sabre Jr. This was just fucking brilliant. I mean, what a match. Half hour flying by proper wrestling. And Gina asked you this because this is something we don't talk about a lot. But isn't it fantastic? And I'm not going to pimp you out to Zack Sabre Jr., don't worry. To have two British talents like this being two of the best wrestlers in the world. Osprey, arguably number one. Zack Sabre Jr., definitely in top ten, my top five. Yeah, I mean, I will admit, so Zach has definitely gone up in my books. I wasn't the biggest fan of him, um, I'd say last year, when I when I saw him at Royal Quest 2. I just, it's not that I wasn't a fan of his, I just, yeah, I didn't warm to him. He's a good wrestler, I didn't put that past him, but 
I just didn't really warm to him. Um, so I just had no feelings for him. But I will admit that sort of over time, my my appreciation for his technical wrestling has grown. Um, but again, that's because I haven't really seen him wrestle that much. I've only seen him do a few matches here or there when I can jump in. So it is nice to watch more New Japan and then see what everybody else is talking about, see what they're all gloating about for Zach. He is really one of the ones that are up there in terms of technical wrestling. I'm one of the greatest wrestlers right now that's on TV. So I will confirm and agree with that. He's still not my favorite, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after this, we've got a new New Japan World, the app uh, that I watch through the Fire Stick, got updated, and i got to say, it is really, really good. <laughs> I'm surprised how good it is considering how shit the old one. Now, Monty, I don't know how you watch your New Japan, but I moaned to you about this in the past. And I will never moan again. No, they did. They did a great job. They did a great job upgrading uh, everything and uh, the way uh, the presentation is a lot uh, better. Uh, and like you said, you can find things that you want a little bit easier. I, I, I could use the Fire Stick. I also been on my uh, just on the website. It's the same thing. Uh, same thing with the app that you could download to your phone and just watch matches on your devices. So I, it, right now everything works really well. And uh, I, like you said, kudos to them for realizing. And I think they, they got a lot of complaints for a long time, not just from uh, foreign uh, users, but even just even in general, the way that things were going and the, 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 the subscriber count, all that stuff grew. So I think what happened was they realized, okay, we're going to have to make this more accessible because uh, it's not the small subscription service that it was uh, way back in 2015 when they kicked it off. You got to think about it. It's only been around since 2015. It was They were still kind of brand new to it. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm happy they kind of upgraded everything. Uh, at first, I, w- I was uh, not because, you know, when you're just so kind of used to doing things yeah. a certain way, I was like, oh, man, what the hell is going on? What's all this? What You know, but after, you know, when once it got implemented and, Everything was cool. I was like, oh, no, this is pretty awesome. So, yeah, I still love it. Well, I'm still pissed off with the network. Like, it doesn't play the next episode of whatever you're watching. You know, it just stops. But with New Japan, even, you know, stuff like the commentary track now, you can select English and Japanese on the same video yeah. rather than, like, two separate Have to ones. go to a different screen. Right. Uh, yeah, recently watched as well. It's much more accessible with the series and stuff like that. It's definitely worth a look. Uh, on my birthday, October 28th, Fighting Spirit, Shingo won the Never Open Weight title, beating Tamatonga. November 4th, Power Struggle. A lot went on. Um, select matches, uh, Naito and Suji defeating World Champ Sonada and Yuri Yurimura. David Finley defeating Tangaloa. John Moxie versus Great Akan. It ended in a double countout, and Moxie grabbed the microphone and challenged Akan to a false count anywhere match. Of course. Your hero and mine agreed. Mox cut off ponytail of the great Akan. I cannot believe this. This was unbelievable. Moxley landed a death rider and locked in a choke, leading to the end of the match. And, Monty, I'm starting to feel sorry for great Akan a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. It's been a tough year. Yeah, it was a tough year, man. I have to admit, it was really, really tough uh, for someone who started off so dominant. Uh, 2023 was definitely a down year for Oka. 
but I think uh, like we like you mentioned earlier with Osprey, and now I'm wondering what's next for the United Empire. Who can be the front man? I think in Japan he's already the most popular member, if if not next to Jeff Cobb. So I think uh, next year, I think Oka could be in line for some big things. Hopefully, uh, going forward, he can be one of those, uh, you know, main guys. But uh, besides that, this match, like you said, absolutely insane. It was imp- I like the way it was built impromptu, like, because it started off like it was going to be a regular match. Then the fans kind of booed because it got DQ'd or whatever, counted out or whatever it was. And uh, and then... Uh, Moxes just grabbed the mic and said, "Nope, we do. I'm not leaving until we until we fight, finish this fight." So they just do a false count anywhere and they go absolutely bonkers for the next 20 minutes, <laughs> trying to kill each other. It was awesome, man. Of course, Moxley bled, but I think you guys knew that already. This was really great, man. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, it went under the radar because of how. Again, we have so much good wrestling that great stuff like this just kind of go under the radar. But this was awesome. Yeah, without a doubt, never open weight six man tag team championships. Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi defeated Zack Sabre Jr., Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols with Tanahashi pinning Zack Sabre Jr. After the match, the lights cut off and Brian Danielson video package. Danielson challenged Okada to a one-on-one match. Okada answered with yes, setting up the rematch, the biggest show of the year. Jackson, we're going to get to it. We're going to talk about it. But Danielson and Okada is what's best for business. I mean, it's... um... It's the dream, isn't it, really? I mean, I can't I can't say that I wasn't excited by this, so bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, we get Super Junior Tag League Final. Um, I would ask you to kind of fill in the blanks, Monty, but we won't because <laughs> it's just take too long. We've got TJP, Francis Akira defeating Show and Kanamura House of Torture. After the match, the Junior Champions hit the ring, laid out catch 2-2. Cut a promo over the bodies before the Wolfdogs could inflict more punishment. United Empire hit the ring, sending the champs running. Uh, just quickly, though, what were your thoughts on the junior tag league? Because you mentioned House of Torture earlier and kind of setting up for this tournament. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the main reason why Yoshinobu joined uh, the uh, the House of Torture. It was so show could have a tag team partner. And they finished with... 12 points tied right there at the final. It came down to El Desperado and Master Wato, which was another kind of impromptu team, but they did awesome with 12 points. Came down to them in catch 22. And uh, on the last night, Show and uh, Nobu obviously screwed El Desperado and Master Wato. And that's how we got the, the final match of the uh, House of Torture versus catch 22. That was also another well, great match. For that. Did they do have House of Evil screwed over Catch-22 before this. They screwed over Desperado and Master Wato. They tried to screw uh, over Catch-22, but Catch-22 uh, won the match still. <laughs> okay, which led to Catch-22 being the ones in the finals. Right. So, yeah, it led to them being able to fight uh, the War Dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I okay, that makes, that makes sense. We got two War Dog teams. So I'm <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> They go by them too. No, it's fine. You're right, Maloney and Clark. But yeah, we're good. But yeah, that's that. That set up that match. But the tournament was great. It was pretty good. Uh, I, like I said, I always recommend World Tag League, which we'll talk about in a sec. But I don't have to go in detail about that either. But both tag leagues, whether it's Super Junior or World Tag League, if you're a fan of tag team wrestling, you, that's just what that is. It's kind of like mini G1s, just all about tag team wrestling. 
and it's some of the best wrestling. Uh, just very, very consistent stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I watched it last year uh, because of obviously ABC being in it, which a little bit disappointed they weren't this year. And I don't think there was the kind yeah. of team for me that I thought I want to watch ten of their matches. If you know what I mean. So I just stuck with kind of like the semi and the finals. Uh, we get the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Romi Takashi defeating Taji Ishimori. After the match, Desperado came out to challenge Hiromu for his belt. We then get the IWGP UK Heavyweight title. Will Ospreay defeating Shooter Umino. Ooh. <laughs> this was Incredible. fantastic. I mean, I'll let you go into detail, Monty, but when you get to the 40-minute mark of a match, there's ways that you can go, like I did with Evil, or there's just you go 40 minutes, wow. This was just something else, you know. They just kept going, and the people, and the people you could tell wanted them to keep going. And Shota, uh, everything Suji did to prove that he can hang with Osprey, Shota put a little bit of his own like violent twist on all of that too. And I think you can see a lot of that Moxley in him, uh, as Moxley did come out towards the end there to try to pump his uh. He, uh, his, you know, I, not even a young line anymore, but yeah, he tried to pump his guy up uh, in show in show to Umino. Uh, and let's just be honest. Uh, I remember vividly. I think it was in New Japan Strong. I just I'm not sure exactly where it was, but Osprey beat the dog. He just beat the mess out of Shota right in front of his father. I think it was uh, last year, and uh, they, they played into that a lot here. Like for for when Moxley did show up, that was when Shota Umino was getting elbow to death in a similar fashion in the way that he kind of got hidden bladed to death uh when uh right in front of red shoes this is right in front of red shoes also in this situation but uh this time shows umino just had that that fighting spirit that you want to see in all of your great uh new japan guys and yeah man he just kept fighting he kept going it was a couple of moments there Especially because I, at this point, we all knew about Osprey's future. I thought Shota Umino would be the guy at a, a couple of moments in this match, especially when he hit the spinning Death Rider, and just it, it's an insane match. I just I can't even go into detail, like you mentioned, the fact that it was forty minutes in and they were still going, and I didn't have a problem with it. They just show you how they beat the hell out of each other when, for a good forty-five minutes. Yeah, when wrestling works. And again, and I know they say it a lot sometimes, and it's bullshit with like wins and losses because they do matter. But shooter coming out of this, you know, even in defeat, is gained yeah, no one so lost. much. Like, yeah, honestly, no one lost. You're right. Uh, well, I tell you, who did what well, they did lose the UK and US <laughs> belts because David Finney came out, um, said they were meaningless, and took a large mallet. Picture yes. like you know Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> the mask. You know, like just the uh, large man yeah. destroying both. Um, I guess they don't like the titles, but I get we're going to get more on that in a little bit. New Japan also had Lone Star Shootout on November tenth, which I will view in full at later date. But Zack Sabre Junior versus Mike Bailey is as good as my voice sounds right now. It's fucking brilliant. Tag League semi-finals, December 8th. The Mighty Don't Neil, Shane Hayes to Mikey Nichols versus Gridders of Destiny. Eventually, Kalei would connect with a snap power slam and godsend for the win. Once again, leaving the Mighty Don't Neil short of their goal. i uh, tell you what, ELP and Hick as a team took some time getting used to because I'm not used to them as faces, but they really are getting going. And Bisherman versus Bullet Club War Dogs, which was Gabe Kidd. 
Now it's Kotlin. Uh, Yoshihashi and Kotlin had an intense chop battle, and Yoshihashi kicked out of the pump handle Death Valley driver before reversing the second one into a crucifix bomb for the win. Alex has changed a lot this past year, I'm not going to lie. And Gabe is a real <laughs> mouthpiece to the club. Right, no doubt about that. And then final December 10th, um, Bisherman defeated Grillers of Destiny. ELP hit a net breaker over his knee, but Gosu managed to kick out a one. And they responded in getting the victory over ELP. They shook their hands and agreed to a match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So, Bishman again, most dominant tag team in New Japan, Monty, it looks like. Yeah, man, they, they won tag league. Uh, I think they're the first champions to do so, or at least the first ones in a while, uh, to just go in through the tournament and, and win it. If you don't watch any other tag league match, watch the finals. Like, I'm telling you, uh, this was a star-making performance for El Phantasmo. Uh, and, you know, he could lay out too, but really ELP – as you can tell, he really ingratiated himself in the hearts of those people uh, because the way he fought. At one point, they find, they put Hikaleo through a table with their finish, and Hikaleo really didn't return again. This is another match that went 40 minutes, but damn, what I tell you, it was an entertaining, awesome 40 minutes. ELP just kept fighting, would not stay down. He was kicking out of everything until he couldn't anymore. And it, what I really loved about this match is that Hikaleo who had went through a table, really hit his head on the edge of that table. It was a tough bump. Guy was getting into the ring to try to help ELP towards the end. So it was like, ah, they were just that close to possibly continuing to fight, even though they lasted 45 minutes with the champs. I love the fact that they chose them to fight again because this is one of those tag matches where it's like, no, let them, they they could go fight forever. Like everyone knows the chant or the video game. This is one of those situations where it was like, no, that was awesome. So, yeah, if you're going to watch any tag league match, whether it's junior or heavyweights, go seek out the World Tag League final, Bishimon, ELP, and uh, Hikaleo. It was awesome. And we finished the year off in Japan on the 21st and 22nd of December. On the 21st, United Empire, Hanare, Cobb, and Great Khan lost to Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi. This Another is awesome six man. Like, it's what I'm saying. Like, it's great stuff for nearly half hour. It just gets forgotten about. Like, I'm so glad that I've watched it and be like, yes, no. There is proof. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, no. I wouldn't remember it if you asked me now. And then the first right. ever coffin match. We never had a coffin match before in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Bullet Club War Dogs defeated Catch 2 2. I was surprised how easy War Dogs beat Catch 22. And they put a hell of a beating on TJP and used dog collars as well. This was a big statement. Yeah. No, it was a setup. It was a nice setup for what we'll see at Wrestle Kingdom. But. Yeah, man, this was, uh, like you said, very physical. Surprising, like you said, because Catch-22 is just so damn good. And honestly, I was surprised with the booking. I knew because I knew that they would be fighting at Wrestle Kingdom. So I was like, oh, we're doing this and we're going to do it like this. But I loved it. It was completely unique. It was different. And you're 100% right. TJP took a beating. They, I think they kind of – what did they, they did something to Francisco here. They kind of, like, held him. Like, they, he couldn't help. That's the point. They beat the hell out of TJP, and they kind of, like, uh, had Francisco – Auntie, just so you know, so you're proud of me. I actually went back and watched this, and they handcuffed him, or like yeah. not handcuffed. They 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 tied him up with something, tied Akira's arms so that he couldn't get right. to GP. But like it bothered me watching the G1, what we we're gonna see, and I was like, yeah, but what led to this match? So I went back and watched this. So I highly recommend, like Monty said, to go yeah. back and watch this match first because it was great. But just to to fill in that little gap there. They had tied him up. Like, they, they beat him to a pulp first, so he was, like, kind mm-hmm. of, like, 
they didn't even need to really t- tie up his wrist or his arm or whatever because they still were going to bury TJP anyway. But yeah, that's the only reason why Akira can get to TJP at that point. Right, well, good news. There you go. That's a perfect cosign. <laughs> but I was about to say, good news, Jackson and Gina, because you're back in the game now. We, uh, we've caught up with everything. We're basically at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, hey. But we, we've just got the press conferences. Um, Gina, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to become a fan of press conferences now. And with New Japan, I especially like them before the event because it makes it feel like a bigger deal. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, I I don't catch them a lot, and so I the the snippets I do see are what you know you guys send to us on on our group, and then when I do see them, I keep thinking to myself, man, I need to watch these because they just seem to be so. It seems like a lot of the entertainment, a lot of entertainment comes out of them, and where I kind of just assumed that they would just be sit down sort of, I say boring interviews, but like interviews that maybe I wouldn't like necessarily be able to keep along with because I don't watch New Japan that regular um, is actually so entertaining and it fills in so many blanks. And you know how we always like to make fun of how repetitive WWE likes to be in showing us what happened last week because they show us in every ad break what happened last week. This is something that is needed for New Japan, but I'm happy for it to be in the interview stage because it seems a lot pops off in there. So, yeah. And also, I find myself more intelligent because I'm reading subtitles when like the Japanese wrestlers are speaking, and I'm going, "This is like watching a foreign film, you know, or, or something like that." Like I'm, I'm putting. Yeah, it I mean, I watch. Anime, we watch I watch a for us. <laughs> you're the only struggle. You're the only one who struggles with that. <laughs> I, I literally, I believe truly that I know Japanese subconsciously just because of the amount of anime I watch. So sometimes when I do hear them speaking, part of me feels like I already know what they're saying. But the subtitles help. Yeah, well, like I said, sometimes I kind of turn my head and I'm sure I know what they said. But again, uh, <laughs> that's another thing altogether. We talk about the press conference which happened January 3rd. Just quickly, we talk about Bullet Club, War Dogs. Uh, dressed to impressed in lovely white suits, I will say that, with no TJP and Akira uh, given ominous warning. We see our president, Tanahashi, introduces himself, and of course, Zack Sabre Jr., his opponent for the event, and he says when he beats Tanahashi, he wants to be Prime Minister. Now, I'm voting for Zack Sabre Jr. for Prime Minister, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I am British and I will vote for Zack Sabre Jr. to be Prime Minister. Let's do it. Let's get on it. I'm British and I would not vote for Zack Sabre Jr. to be Prime Minister. Well, sis, why have you got to be such a stick in the mud? Zack Sabre... he was asshole when I met him and that will never be forgotten, sis. It will never be... For- he was don't nice forget. to you and you weren't interested. That's he what- was not, James. He was rude. <laughs> He's lucky but... he didn't get kicked to the balls. I wasn't mad at it, though. I wasn't mad at it. He stayed in character, you know? Yeah, he put me in a submission. <laughs> Massive Tetris. Massive Tetris. <laughs> we uh, yeah. see Yota Suji looking just happy to be there. There's something about his smile that just I, I really like. He's just so happy with Yuri Yurimura as well. Uh, Evil and Renderita were less happy uh, and ended up beating the shit out of Shooter. And Kimio as well, uh, which wasn't great. Shingo, I felt sorry for Shingo, Monty. Not gonna lie, 
big uh, talk about, you know, how this is going to be his year <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I just worry for him, you know. You were why? <laughs> That's why? Because he's looking, he's looking at the year optimistically. <laughs> Yeah, like, what, just what, because, what's your word? No, because of what happened. You know when someone says like it's gonna be my year, I'm gonna go and then, Oh, okay. I mean spoiler. I, I, th- I, I thought know. you meant you I thought you meant you watched it before the show and you felt bad for him initially <laughs> no, no, before you do it. I should say, no, no. After I don't <laughs> I don't feel bad for people's positivity. All right. I'm, okay, gotcha. I just mean <laughs> We'll move on quickly. Uh ELP, what a motherfucker he is. Testing out <laughs> the poor translator. Um, again, this is I, I love about New Japan the fact that he can get away with this. You know, I mean, I don't know how many times he's the he best, man. Fuck, but yeah, this is ELP at his best. I can't believe he's a babyface. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, he talks about his contract being up, but I'm just begging whoever, like, come on, man, give him the money. Cause I don't want to see him doing any censored promos. Uh-oh. I don't want to see him anywhere. I don't see him anywhere else but Japan doing you know, what he do because he's so great. Don't do this to me. Don't take everyone that we're loving in New Japan and take them away from New Tra- Japan. Like, no, don't do that. Give ELP whatever money he wants. Speaking of comments that come back to haunt you, Bisherman stated that they've won at Wrestle Kingdom the last couple of years and they're going as champions and they promised they're going to defend. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, El Desperado and Takahashi both have their own impressive reputations to defend as well. Uh, and, of course, a nice little chat between the two. Hiromu with Quip. Sorry, but Dragon Lee is mine. What's what's the story, Monty, with Dragon Lee? Was that meant to happen? <laughs> or was that a match meant to be booked? Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. Dragon Lee is the one who almost ended Hiromu's career, man. It wasn't on purpose, but they were having a great junior heavyweight match. And a spot went wrong. Uh, Hiromu landed on his neck. And for a while there, we Lee. had... Yes, it was a match with Dragon Lee. Sorry, yeah. no. Yes, that's how great... I, I told you. <laughs> yeah, Dragon Lee is awesome, by the way. He was awesome in New Japan. Yeah. But yeah I mean, he's uh, doing really well in NXT. Like, right, I mean, right. He's there right now. He's on a hype. Oh, but yeah, but him and Hiromu had unfinished business. Hiromu has uh, threatened multiple times to find Dragon Lee in America. It's not because and they don't hate each other. They have a great respect for each other. But Hiromu has always wanted to finish that match. He always says it's the unfinished match of his career, mostly because he couldn't finish it. But, yeah, man. Uh, I'd be was... the thing, though. You know, if you've had, like, this match like this, then, then you get injured, like a life-threatening injury, and you manage to come back, you're going to want to face the last person that actually, like... Did that to that uh, potentially had had been your last match? You want to reface right. them, you know? That, you know. That's mm-hmm. why we all want Biggie versus Ridge at WrestleMania. You know. Okay. Um, I don't know about I mean, WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know about WrestleMania, but I will hands down see that. However, right now I would just actually love to see Biggie in the ring. Just in um, general. But, yeah. So <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm just sending positive vibes to Biggie to his neck, and hopefully we'll see the power of positivity soon. Out. Well, what we did see, it was mentioned earlier as well, Finley destroying the UK and US title. And we see the new IWGP Global Championship. It was shown to the public for the first time. A nice design. And uh, commentary did it at Wrestle Kingdom. I'll try and remember what they said as well. They were talking about the World Championship 
the, the rest of the world come to New Japan to face the champion, whereas the global champion goes to face the rest of the world. And I quite like that. Right. Um, another thing I quite liked as well was how Finley looked like he belonged a little bit beside Moxley uh, and, of course, Will Ospreay. Again, funny when Osprey and Moxley just decide, you know, should we just team up for the first five minutes of the match and beat the shit out of Finley? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, all right, let's do it. You know, and again, it's saying that it adds another layer to the match, Bonnie, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it also goes hand in hand with the internet because a lot of the internet was complaining. Japan and America or the worldwide, uh, they did not want Finley in this match. They wanted one on one. So, uh, and you know, he took him out and took, took, and then that's another thing. It wasn't just Finley's relationship with those two belts. Like, Osprey created the UK belt. Moxley is the greatest US champion, pretty much made that belt for him, if you really want to be honest. And uh, he's the greatest US champion when, when that belt was there. So, yeah, no, they took it personally, what he did. And I think uh, it was a nice touch, like you said, a nice little detail to sprinkle on top of the triple threat. I also just feel like with 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 this triple threat getting announced, it's very like like Mox doesn't play well with others. So to hear that him and Osprey have this sort of like five minute truce, it already just intrigues you to want to watch the match because you're just like Mox and Osprey having a truce. That's bullshit. You want you want to call bullshit on that straight away because Mox don't play well with others. But yeah, we still got it, so it was fun. And another thing as well, Moxley is how good or how. He seems more relaxed in New Japan. The promos and like the backstage comments and stuff are fascinating. He really is going into like detail about his career and everything it means to him as well. You know, he really is open to it. Um, we then get Brian Danielson and Okada with Danielson saying, Am I angry? Yes. Do I want revenge? Yes. But am I grateful these injuries happened? Also, yes, because each time I get hurt, I come back better and bigger and stronger. Okada would reply in typical cool and casual style, saying he'd never taken time off due to an injury in his 20-year career. For Daring Danielson, if you think you can break my arm, I want to see you try. I will still win with the Rainmaker. I mean, Jaxi, Okada there, very strong words. I mean, I mean that he really want to bet Danielson? It was really hot, though. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, it, it's put, it's putting main events on the line though. Their their main their main moves on the line, isn't it? Really, like this this has gone beyond like a just a battle of talents. This is all about a battle of pride at this point between Nakada and uh, Danielson. Yeah, without that, no. I said it's personal, no titles, but you can just tell each of them, and even kind of like we talk about the build up being arguably the best you know, from their generations. And it's, again, it's what Wrestle Kingdom is all about. But we still had the main event, the press conference. And, of course, Sonada was no comment. Uh, Naito said he wants to uh, give the massive roll call in Tokyo. Now, why is the roll call so important to Naito, Monty? Well, it's a, it's a history there, you know. Uh, it, that's been the L I. It's the L I J thing that he does when he basically gives a roll call of the members of the faction, including himself, and the fans usually sing along with him. He's never been able to complete that either win a match, whether it was when he fought Okada in, in 2018 and he lost, even though I still to this day say he should have won. 
or uh, whether in 2016 he lost his belt a little bit too soon, was not the champion at Wrestle Kingdom. Years before that, he got a main event took away from him. So even if he did win, he didn't get a chance to uh, do the roll call uh, that that year. 2020, I think the pa- the pandemic, obviously, but also Kenta, uh, you know, attacked him. So that it got ruined then. So it's just been every time he's come close to finally cap, either he doesn't capture the belt at Wrestle Kingdom and do it in the main event, or uh, you know something happens to ruin the roll call. So uh, and and the last time, the one I'm talking about with Kenta, his grandfather, who he grew, who he used to watch wrestling with, the reason why he loved New Japan so much. Uh, that was the last show that his grandfather was able to see, so he wasn't able to even do it in front of his grandfather who passed away. So this one was this is really special tonight, though, man. It's the one of the goals along with winning the world title in the main event. The main goal was winning in the main event of Tokyo Dome, so he can do a LIJ roll call that he's done in many different arenas around Japan. And if that's not set the stage for Wrestle Kingdom 18, nothing is. It's time, January fourth. 2024 uh, we start with the new japan rambo and this year's rambo open with chase owens and great okan uh, of course this is a battle royal with the final four going to new year's dash and the fatal four-way the first person put the match after the open was gabe kidd followed by second war dog alex Cochran. jeff cobb was next to enter helping the others especially his faction mate okan challenge the war dogs and Nare followed, giving the United Empire an even more significant advantage. Together, they eliminated Kidd and Cochrane. Ishii made his way to the ring. Michael Nichols entered next, followed by Shane Hayes, both of TMDK. Yuvo Takahashi joined the match. TMDK eliminated Cobb and Nare as Master Watto walked to the ring. Yoshikano followed. Yo sprinted to the ring, only to be attacked with his own shoes as soon as he made it inside. What what, what the fuck was going on with Yo there, Monty? <laughs> 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 it was, yeah, <laughs> the rainbow is that, if it's one thing, laughing so much. Yeah, if it's one thing about the battle, that, that battle royal is always shenanigans to say the least. That's that's the best way to <laughs> to explain it. Uh, I could try to give you this whole backdrop story about showing yo. There's no point. Like yo, is oh, just, no, we, I, I, yeah, the, but I just thought. Is it saying that he doesn't get changed for matches? Like, again. I <laughs> no. I don't know. This was new. Was... This was brand new. He's right, never okay, done good. that before. Yeah. I had a really I had a really good like imagination as to what happened to um show uh, Yo's shoes. So Monty, hear me out, just go with this, right? I think that it was kind of like Harry Potter's Luna Lovegood. And just like Luna at the end of like one of the movies was looking for her trainers that someone decided to like remove and and tie up somewhere and she was walking around Hogwarts Castle like barefoot. I think someone hid Yo's shoes and they put them above the ring. I th- that's what I think happened. <laughs> so you're saying Let's go with Yo Yo believes in Yo believes in narwhals. That's what you're <laughs> saying. Yo is that a Ravenclaw and everyone knows it. That's what I'm saying. Well, we get, <laughs> we get wow. Fujita, Hayato from Michinoku Pro, stopped showing Yo from fighting and carried him to the ring. Tajishimura entered Ishii, eliminated Haste. Yuho eliminated Ishii and Nicholas. Uh, Doki joined the match but was eliminated alongside <laughs> Fujita Jr. shortly after entered. Uh, Toriyanu walked into the ring next but refused to enter the ring. 
Yanu is my type of dude. Yes. That's his signature see... move, by the way. <laughs> I, I know he's won one before doing that. All right. So... The same thing. Yeah. Never <laughs> yeah. get in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we see Takashi Izuka, who retired Iska. three years ago joining next. Iska. Yeah. The fans lost their shit. And I was going, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's a. Oh, my God. I love Iska. He used to be one of my favorite members of Suzuki Goon back in the day. The only thing I used to tell you, him and as a matter of fact, him and Yano has a history back when Yano was a serious heel, bad guy. Uh, Iska used to be just as serious, and that, that was back when he had his brain. Uh, you know, he's he's possessed by the Iron Claw that you will see making appearance. So I know that it sounds crazy, but it's, it's legitimately what I just said. He's possessed. He's he's a monster. He's more monster than man at this point. Used to be a great amateur wrestler, like you mentioned. Uh, that's why he had had like he retired three years ago. He came back in awesome shape, like slimmed down. Like I was like, what is he gonna make a comeback full time? Like he looked great. But yeah, man, the people lost their mind because we haven't seen Iska legitimately since his retirement show. The poor announcer man that used to torment for years <laughs> was obviously terrified. And as you saw later, he knew what was be. going on. Yeah. <laughs> no, Iska always attacked that same poor announcer man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's just uncontrollable. That's the best way to describe him. An uncontrollable monster who lost his brain because it's become it became possessed by the iron claw that you will see his, his thought... handler brought out. <laughs> yeah. I thought the passing of the iron finger was something completely different, but no, it wasn't. Uh, no, no, Taichi, no, no. Taichi went for a hug, but uh, Iska bit him. Yes. <laughs> That's his former handler. Y'all know what his handler at first. He bit him too, so, yeah. Well, this opened the door for the rest of the competitors who eliminated them. The final five, Ishimori, Owens, Yanu, Yo, and Okan worked for eliminations, and Okan eliminated Owens by dropping on the apron. Leaving Ishimori, Owens, Janu, and Okan as the winners. And tomorrow they advance the challenge for the KOPW 2024 title. All right, Gene, let's start us <laughs> off then. I mean, this was a lot of fun. But as you can tell, when I speak to Monty, I didn't know what was going on half the time. <laughs> no, I definitely felt lost when watching this. I'm not going to lie. I had no idea who was going to be in this. Um I I had no idea who who was going to be a favorite to come out on top. Um, it it was it felt like carnage, but it felt like good carnage, if you ask me. Because again, for those of us who aren't very familiar, it was more exciting to be like, okay, who's coming out next? Who's coming out next? Sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it was a very entertaining match. Wait, was this the one where like Yo came out and he lost his shoe before he even got to the ring? Yes, I, I I don't understand what happened there because he was on his way out and then he some did someone go and meet him on the ramp and he just lost his shoe and then eventually <laughs> he ended up losing the second shoe and by the time the match had ended he was just stood in the ring with no shoes on. Yeah, he was like hugging the ropes at one point as well, like just literally yeah. you know making a relationship with the ropes. Yeah, I don't know what was happening. He was getting yeah. real friendly. He had a sore, sore match, I'd, I'd call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you score this out of five to start us off, Gina? 
I mean, I'm going to score it a four because it was exciting for me. Because again, I don't know. I I didn't know who was going to be coming out next, who was going to be a favorite to be in the top four. Um, so it was really exciting to watch. So I'm going to give it a four. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? What did you score it, and what were your thoughts? Um, this match just served for one purpose for me, and that was just making me actually just love Toriano. He's Oh my god, he's so stupid. I just don't even know why I love him. But like the more and more I see him in the ring, the more and more I'm itching to find out what excuse he's gonna come up with next as to why he can't fight this person or why he can't be in the ring with this person, you know? Like he's just so entertaining. I gave this a four as well, and I think it was more like the excitement behind not knowing who was coming out when they were coming out um, and, and and how this was going to go. This was, um, this is one of those ones where like, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised by each person that was involved in the match coming out rather than like a WWE moment where it's just the jobbers all coming out. So, you know, that like no one, but the one main person that was advertised for the battle royale was going to win, you know? So for me, I, I just felt like the anticipation behind who was involved in this match made, made this match even more exciting. So I have to agree and give it a four. I became a Yano fan when one of his matches, because he always takes the turnbuckles off, you know, and so, uh, his opponent had taped. So when he tried to take it, he just didn't understand why he couldn't be taken. <laughs> he just lost oh, yeah, shit. He took the turnbuckle off and he couldn't understand why the bit had been taped. <laughs> that was actually really funny. <laughs> uh, Monty, you've seen many a Rambo. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Because this was just—it's just fun. Yeah, and that's what they're all about. Like uh, Dina, you mentioned not knowing who was in it. That's the whole point. It's all a surprise. It's all completely random. Uh, I remember when Tatsuma Fujinami, one of the greatest of all time, showed up, and he's like seventy something, barely can move, <laughs> and just still he goes out there to the battle royal and he has a great, great little run and. I think when I when I think about that, I think Iska really that, made this special for me. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at something like that, and then you then you see that last week with Rick Sarah getting into the ring, and I instantly was like, "Get out! Get out of the ring!" Don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, exactly. It's, it's a little bit different in Japan. Yeah. Right, right. It's a little different, but yeah, no, they. It's like you you guys really mentioned. You got it. Like I think some people who really hate these matches. They come into it expecting a Royal Rumble, or they come into it expecting uh, about a battle royal that means something. When in reality, this does have stakes, but this is a lot more lax. A great creative way to get everyone who don't have an important match on the show too. So I always enjoy these. This is probably my favorite one that I've watched because again, I miss I miss Iska. I used to I was just like you guys when I very when I first seen Iska, like what the hell is up with this guy? Then when you do the research and you find out. That he used to take wrestling very serious, then he lost his brain to an iron claw. Think about how ridiculous that is. But that it is great though. It's just it's great. Oh like God, what you did would be like the best of friends right now. You know, like Albert lost his mind and him besties for the mop. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. I, I, four, four is fair to me because you know I, I don't want to give it too high, but it was definitely a very, very definitely a good time. I'm not saying Shawn Michaels is watching NXT, but after we had the the Heritage Cup kind of leagues, and then we just had a battle royal that turned into a fatal four way, and I'm going, where does he get these ideas? Where did you get that idea from? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great point. 
Uh, should say as well, not mention it, the set, the setup, and the stadium itself looked it was awesome, great. Man. Um, yeah, again, it was. No, i say it's really good seeing the crowd finally coming back. You know, like we've yeah. had the tough times now. Now the they sold, building it. They sold like twenty five thousand more tickets than last year. Oh so, wow! Thank you, Naito. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the lighting was great as well. Like, you know, they, and they, yeah. again, they could show the crowd. All, like you said, the floor level was sold out. And also, no Kevin Kelly. Uh, I think for the first yeah. time since um, New Japan Wells been a thing. 2015, Wal- yeah. Walker Stewart, who took his role. Um, not literally. Chris Charlton as well. And Rocky Romero joined them for the main show. And I'm going to talk about it in a bit. But my God, I am a huge fan of Rocky Romero. Uh, I'm going to give this four as well. And we didn't do predictions because we didn't know who was going to be in it. Crazy. Next match, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Catch 2-2, Francisco Akira and TJP versus Bullet Club War Dogs, Clark Collins and Driller Maloney. TJP emerged from the casket he was sealed in on December 21st. He was dressed as Aswang. I don't want to say Aswang. Uh, Filipino... Cryptid. Akira was also in special attire with his mm-hmm. body painted in green flames. The War Dogs entrance was also unique as they debuted a new all-white junior tag belts. The challengers start the match by rushing the champions, but the War Dogs gain advantage on the floor. Collars attached a collar chain to TJP, choking him against the barricade while Maloney beat down Akira. Back of the ring, the War Dogs continued to attack on a completely isolated Akira. TJP eventually freed himself. Saving his partner with a tag while taking out the War Dogs with intensity. Rally was short-lived as War Dogs bounced back fast. They hit TJP with a driller killer, but he broke the count by grabbing a hand of the referee. TJP then bit Maloney before spraying him with a mist, Alamuta, and then catch Suzu hit Maloney with tandem knees to win the match and the belts. Uh, Jaxi, what are your thoughts, not only on this match, but on TJP as well, because he looked great, <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. I was very much invested in listening to the commentators throughout this match because they were talking about um, that this character that TJP TJP had become um, was very much to do with his, uh, I think he said Filipino or Thai heritage. um, Yeah, 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 Filipino. God. Yeah, Filipino, that's it. Um, it just made me want to look up Filipino heritage, Filipino gods, and actually, you know, invest it more in this character he became. He intrigued me right from the get-go. This wasn't the same TJP that you watch in, in Catch-22 in, um, you know, tag team action. And, you know, that's a lot coming from me that hasn't been watching New Japan week in, week out religiously, but know this team quite well. Um, so to see TJP on this type of level, I've got to admit, he has completely intrigued me. I was obsessed watching this match. His eyes were so intense. He really gave me Bray Wyatt vibes, like the Fiend-type vibes, but in a way that just didn't feel like... And and again, this is not the right word, but I'm just trying to describe how different it was to the fiend. But like the the way that the fiend came across with when it was when he the first was he was first advertised with that fiend's belt, and it looked very novelty, childlike. Um, it's different, you know. Um, I think very demony. Do you know what I mean? Like with Finn Balor as well. Like the different 
I was just about to say, yeah. yeah. Finn Balor is a better, a great, a better comparison to me. But yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think also, you know, knowing um, of TJP's Filipino background and that he, he, he's brought this entity, this character of this entity into um, uh, this line of work, it was very creative. He really got me right from the entrance, right from Akira opening that thing and you just seeing the work he was doing with that bone-fingered hand, and I was like, I'm already sold. I don't know what's happening, but just give it to me on a plate, you know? Um, I was very much into this match. I was invested right from the get-go, and I didn't want to look away. Each move that TJP or Akira did, it was insane, and it just, like, it was great. So I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. TJP on 205 Live, you know, CWC becoming the first Cruiserweight champion, was excellent. Him and Impact, I remember watching an Ironman match with Josh Alexander a couple of years ago, which fantastic. And Catcher 2-2 are the lifeblood of the junior tag division, Monty, I think you would say. I mean, this is about TJP hopefully maybe stepping out. As we know, Will Ospreay from, um, you know, he's walking away. They need a leader. Could TJP do it? Yeah, I mean he's a he's a great choice. I think, uh, like I said, it'll be probably. I think the smartest probably until unless he's planning on going somewhere too is Jeff. I just think I don't like Jeff Cobb deserves way more than being in the uh, as great as that battle royal is. He deserves way more than just being in that battle royal. But uh, TJP is definitely uh, right there, if not second or third behind Ocon. So yeah, I think uh, I definitely can see what you're saying. But uh, honestly, right now in the junior heavyweight division, uh, I think. Catch-22 is already becoming, or if not already is, a legendary junior heavyweight tag team. I think the first step would probably be just uh, going out on his own in the junior heavyweight division. That's usually the route they go, kind of like Will. Will won the junior heavyweight title, ran with that for a while before he eventually became heavyweight. So I think that could possibly be more in the cards uh, in the immediate future. But uh, I understand exactly what you're saying. He's awesome. He's always been awesome, and I just think like like Jackie and you got like you just pointed out. This adds a new layer to to him, and like like Finn always had that. Finn when he when he was Prince David in Japan, he only pulled out the paint in big time shows, kind of similar to what he was trying, what they were trying to do in WWE. I think that's probably what we're gonna get out of this character from TJP. You're probably only gonna see it in big time moments. Or it, it could be more like an alter ego he can go into, uh, more so than a stay a stick around character. But we'll see. I, I, like I said, they, this match was really really cool, and uh, I, I really like what the War Dogs were doing too with the belts. They were a good solid team, and I think it, it solidified them also. Especially like I really like Driller. Like as much as I like uh, Clark Connors, I really like Driller Driller Maloney. Like he's gonna he got he's the potential got to be really dirtiness. Good, you know yeah, I mean? he's like yeah. he's so greedy, man. I think, as a matter of fact, him turning on the empire makes yeah. perfect sense now. If you look at, him. can we just can we stop covering him in like car grease or something like that? Because I swear, that... <laughs> just hairy and dirty. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> he's... He, so he did look like dirty, and it's like it didn't even look like a tan. I'm just, I'm sorry, I couldn't even. I, I... I think he's uh, brilliant. He's not a wrestler that I'm accustomed to, so this really was my first viewing of him. I think he could be great. I like his wrestling is great. That tan though, like dude, dude, seriously, sorry, <laughs> seriously, is worse than Adam Cole's. I'm sorry, it is. 
Yeah, but I mean, you got to look on the bright side. You know, he is English, so let's give him that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like I like junior heavyweights who power, and that's what Driller is, man. Driller yeah. is powerful and he's explosive. So I think I think them as a tag team, or just him in general, the War Dogs have a lot of great potential when it comes to who what they are bringing to the table going into the next year. Well, I think the big question. Well, this year. Gina, I'll ask Gina this. This is a big question. Must have been well out in that mouth, slow, because it was plastic, wasn't it? So, I mean, <laughs> how can you wrestle a match? I'll be dead. What, wrestle in that mask? Yeah, the plastic mask. Because it's plastic. Yeah, I mean, it, it is questionable on, like, how, how big are the air holes? Like, is breathing easy or is it really, like, difficult and is his lungs doing double the work right now during this match, you know? <laughs> so, I think he hasn't it, actually got eye contacts in his eyes. Just yeah. Fred struggling to breathe. He's like, can he breathe? <laughs> can he see? Like, basically, he wants to wrestle with all of his senses taken away from the sounds of it. <laughs> right. The good thing about the ass lane is, though, they shape shield, so he can come out looking completely different if oh, he wants yeah, to. Go, <laughs> so then, he yeah. can switch it up. <laughs> uh, right, so out of five, um, Jaxi, what would you give that match out of five? I mean, uh, I've I've got to give TJP like it, it just sort of like commendation for even just putting the effort and 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 a hundred percent into that whole character that he brought out to. So for me, I really enjoyed this match. I'm gonna give it a four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Uh Monty. Yeah, it was an awesome way to get things started. Great, you know, like you said, new character reveal. I love it. Anytime you're doing something completely different, I'm I'm always down to to check it out. So yeah, four and a quarter is probably where I would land to. And Gina. Yeah, I thought this match was great, and it showed me TJP in a complete different light. Um, I gave it a four and a quarter as well. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Predictions? Well, New Year, new prediction league. That didn't last long, did it? So we start our bonus league today. And Jaxi picked War Dogs. Rest went catch 2-2, two, two, so it means Jaxi is on zero. The rest are on one. Um, I thought I wouldn't catch 22. Do not. Dogs. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. See? See? It's already gone. It's it already well gone. This year's already gone. Start again uh, in 2025. Go uh, on. Right, let's, let's include WK18 into the 2023 mix, and we're going to start fresh after this, okay? <laughs> well, we'll find out what happens. Still a long way to go in the card. Uh, up next, the World Television Championship, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Versus Zach Sabre Jr. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. tried grappling early, but Tanahashi answered with two quick twists and shouts, a sling blade, and a crossbody for attempting high fly flow. But Zach blocked Tanahashi's finish with his knees and transitioned to bridge and pin that nearly won him the match. We see a short strike exchange. The pair traded trap pins. Zach escaped. He's good asleep before transitioning to an octopus hold. And again, it's a commentary. We're going to mention this a lot. You know, talking about, you know, Billy Robinson and, and wrestlers like this. Zach only having a submission only for five or six seconds because he's not tapped by then. He's in a transition to something else. We saw a lot of this. Um, Zach attempted to follow up with Zach Driver, but Tanahashi reversed into a quick pin. The pair rolled back and forth, trading pins. And after a slew of attempts, Tanahashi pinned Zach 
to the mat for free, and your new world television champion it is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Wow. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, the president won. President is that Ace. much of a surprise? <laughs> yeah. President Ace. I mean, historically speaking, no, it's not a surprise because he's just, he's before he was the president, he was unstoppable on this stage. Uh, but uh, to be honest, the only thing that got me was the reason why I even, at the beginning of this, I was like, yeah, well, Tanahashi is always somebody who can win. But this is something I think Zach should probably do. It's, it's always been that time limit. Anytime Tanahashi's ever beat Zach in the past, it has never been less than 15 minutes. He usually takes a long time and he usually gets tortured through throughout the process because Zach used to just destroy his knees and his, uh, you know, the same thing kind of did in this match, the knees and the leg attack. But this was a lot faster paced because it had to be with the time limit. And, uh, you know, it ended up being a really solid affair. I've seen these guys do better. I've been, I've been spoiled uh, that I got a chance to watch these guys have a have absolute banger of matches years ago. But I thought this was this was perfect for what it needed to be in the uh, not only in this time slot because it is a TV title match, but just uh, for what they executed. Now, like I said, do I agree with the decision? No, not really, because I thought Zach's run was awesome. But I do agree with it from this perspective that this frees Zach up to challenge guy, you know, the, for a different belt later on, you know, depending on whether he wants to go global, wants to go, uh, you know, uh, IWGP heavyweight. So honestly, from that perspective, I think it's cool because I love Zach being able to do whatever he wants going forward. But at the same time, I really was enjoying his TV title run. So I can't wait to see what Tanahashi do to kind of keep up that prestige because, man, Zach was on a run out of this well. world. Like you said, 16 defenses and a year reign, and we could have done more with it, you know? Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Right, it's incredible, huh? Yeah. Uh, and with Zach himself, only 36, you wonder how far he can go in New Japan. I know we've mentioned him a lot, but I truly believe he's a guy that could, you he's know, fill with Osprey. No, that's hold, the spot. You know? like, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. What you were talking about earlier, that's the guy. Yeah, Zach is the guy. 100%. Uh, he's turned down millions of dollars from WWE, because after the Cruiserweight Classic, WWE mm-hmm. warned him, told him no. AEW has tried, told him no. Reward this man. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. Until he leaves <laughs> next year, but until that point, who knows? You know. Uh, but again, for a match, I mean, Gina, this was a really good match because it showed, even with a time limit, what both could do with a space of time. Uh, and again, it felt like a big deal. Yeah, it definitely did feel like a big deal. And like you said, like it it just felt like, you know, no amount of time that passed during the match. It just felt like they could have kept going forever. It literally, you know, I, I kind of figured if they could, if they did more chanting around there, they'd have fight forever um, put like going on there because the match was just so good and it was hard to kind of take your eyes away from it. So there was definitely like no toilet breaks during this match. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Um, Monty, what would you score to start five to start us off? I give it a four. Like I said, it was really, really good stuff. The thing is, I've just been kind of jaded because I've seen them go a couple gears higher. Mm. I hate that I'm punishing them for that, but this was really good. I gave it four. Gina? Yeah, I gave it a four as well. Uh, Jack, see, what's your score and what were your thoughts? 
Um, I think that I was. I think I, I'm. I think I'm really. I, I think I've judged this match pretty harsh. I was really pissed off that Zack Sabre Jr. lost, and I'm really sorry, Monty, but I couldn't help but feel like. Tanahashi becomes president, so Tanahashi puts a belt on himself. Like, that's all I could think. So it, this pissed me off, this match. So I, I know, I might be better, I might be sis, and I do not care, but it's kind of like another Charlotte Flair situation where one thing pisses me off, and then everything, every decision you make after that continues to piss me off. So what does Tanahashi do? Give himself a belt. Okay, well, you pissed me off then. So um, I, I do agree. I think Zack Sabre Jr. had a great run as TV champion. Did I actually expect him to lose it here? No, I did not. So for that reason alone, I gave it a three and three quarters. Lane Gato, Gato Books. (laughs) (laughs) Gato Books. (laughs) Wow. You need to have words. I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. Predictions, just to piss Jaxie off even more. We all went Zack Sabre Jr., so she's still on zero. The rest is on one. Uh, we get Yuri Yurimura versus Yota Suji next. Suji attempted a gene blast, but Yurimura reversed with an arm drag. Uh, Suji transitioned to a pin and followed up with a curb stump. Once Yurimura kicked out, he avoided the second curb stump, landed a suplex score near full. Yurimura did this opportunity pass, followed up with a deadbolt suplex into a pin, winning the match. Um, and this was a surprise. I mean... Gina, what's your thought on this? Because this is two young guys, and you could see how much it meant for both of them to be there wrestling at this occasion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this match, I don't really um, know these two wrestlers that well. So, like, out of everyone on the match card, I'd say this is the one that I kind of truly went in blind because I didn't really know much about either wrestler. Um, And so I wasn't sure who was going to win and if I'm truly honest I'm still struggling to tell which one was which um, but I know one of them more as Teeth I named, nicknamed him Teeth yeah. which one's that guy? You, yeah, so Suji, wrote, that's the I one wrote, you said nice Suji, hair as well yeah, yeah. in my yeah. notes yes, in my notes I've got Suji Teeth and then I've got Uema Hair Uema okay. Hair yeah you okay. okay. used to be an impact so that's a bit unfair for me but no the match itself was good like you said you could tell that both these guys were trying to prove to each other that they could beat each other and it seems like obviously if you don't know any of their past it seemed like they had a lot of not beef but they worked with each other a lot in the past and one of them seemed to get a win up on the other so it just this match felt really important to both of the wrestlers in the ring and I really felt it for them I'm disappointed because I didn't get the win but I also I wouldn't have known who was going to get this win so so Monty just to fill us in a little bit these two started training together back in the day didn't they as young lions Young lines, young lines in the same class. Yep, definitely. Uh, Suji uh, used to. That was actually the one guy he would dominate would be you and more. But they trained together a lot. They were, I think, they were even partners for a period of time. But you know, you uh, and more went away for a long time. And even uh, you know, his excursion was a little bit different than uh, Suji's because when he went to Impact, he even started taking bookings and saying he was gonna possibly let his contract run out and do more stuff in America instead of coming back. Obviously, they got that worked out and he came back. Suji, on the other hand, 
had to wait a little longer to go on the excursion. But when he went, he came back faster and came back like a, like a bat out of hell and went to Me- he went to Mexico and just completely transformed himself into the monster that you see in that ring with that explosiveness and just. You um, and Moore was one of those guys who was always natural. When you watch him as a young lad, you could see what he would become. Suji, you didn't see this. And I think that's the thing that makes Suji so special to me was that he came kind of out of nowhere with the athleticism. I knew he played American football, but, you know, whatever. You know, that is, I don't know. What does that mean when it comes to wrestling a lot of times? Well, in his case, it means he's deceptively athletic and he's unbelievable. But anyway, this was uh, just a continuation of their rivalry, because I kind of told you guys earlier, Rinder, Rita, and Shota were even. Well, in this case, Suji kind of dominated as a young lion, while you and Moore did not uh, dominate the, uh, did not really do really well against Suji. So this is one of those situations where I, and, and when I was making my pick, I kind of went with who I liked the most, and I probably shouldn't have did that. Because yeah, <laughs> about- it makes the most sense for you and Moore. The good thing about New Japan, yeah, is like you said, even though Suji has got more maybe upside, that you have the other guy win because then he can be put on that level. You know, it's right. like, you know, even we've done it through history. Chris Jericho, it's probably a bad point right now, but, you know, becoming an absolute champion. Right, uh, against Austin you know, and The Rock. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like this. Uh, I think for me, I want to see Suji's mean streak. But again, he's just getting started, so I think that's like, it's coming. He that yeah. smile is great, but it's it's a little bit unhinged. Give it time. <laughs> good, good Give it time. I like unhinged smiling. Um, right. Don't want to say that too quick. <laughs> right. So, Gina, what would you score this out of five? Um, do you know what? This match actually did captivate me quite a lot, and it surprised me on how much I actually did enjoy it. I'm going to give it three and three quarters. And three quarters, Monty. Yeah, uh, I think three and three quarters is actually pretty fair. It was a really good match, uh, and I think this is the future of New Japan. Uh, right there, those two guys—they will be uh, leading the charge or helping lead the charge behind who two guys in the next match. So I love this little part of the show because this was a kind of a nice teaser because some of these guys might be going on later in the show next Wrestle Kingdom. Well, the thing is as well. Uh, and the thing I liked about the backstage comments and stuff like that, very open, and Suji and Yuri were talking about wanting to, like I said, face each other again in the main event of a Wrestle Kingdom down the road for the right. title or, or whatever it is. So I thought that was quite cool. So, Jaxie, what One were day. your thoughts on looking into the future of New Japan? I have to agree with a lot of what you guys have said. Um, again, the one thing that, I agree with my sister on is that I did not know much about either of these wrestlers coming into this match. The one thing I agree with that Monty has said is that they could potentially be the future of New Japan because these two really captivated you the moment you got in the ring. Um, I, I, you know, had done my prediction or whatever, but I genuinely did not know who I wanted to win out of this match. You know, I think that both of them just showcase themselves really well. And I think if you give them another year or two, they could really start to perfect some some characters that will draw you in to like actually make a choice as to which one you'd like. And I'm intrigued by this. So I'm definitely invested in seeing both of their progression throughout New Japan. Um, I really enjoyed this. I'm going to give it a three and three quarters as well. Yep, I'm going to complete this set. Three and three quarters there. Predictions, we all went Suji. Apart from Jaxi. It's for all on one. 
And can I say on the fourth match, it's a rough start for predictions for everybody here. Uh, let's see if we can improve with House of Torture, Evil and Renderita versus Keita Kiyomeya, uh, Shota Umino. Uh, all of House of Torture was here for the attempt to take advantage early, but Kimura responded with a fiery attack. He fought off Kanemura on his own while maintaining control over Evil. House of of um, Torture tried to rush the ring again, choking the babe faces as he did at the press conference yesterday. Kimura held them off momentarily, but the distraction allowed Evil to land. Everything is evil, leaving the Rita in control of Umino. As Umino gained control back, Hero distracted the referee, allowing the Rita to strike Umino with his push-up bar. And the Rita then hit Umino with a double-cross spike and pinned him to win the match. So, Jaxi, another match and, a, for me, another surprise result. But what were your thoughts on this? Which one's this one again? Which match did you just say? House of Torture versus uh, Shooter. And... Um, this wasn't like my favourite match of the of the cards. But I, I think that... that uh, so, okay, maybe, maybe Sensei can help me out with this. But where... Um, like... I, I get that Shota Umino's having like a bad, um, like bad luck, right? But I, I did, I wasn't, I'm, not, I, I don't understand why Noah Man came out for the save in the first place to warrant this match. Like, did has House of Torture gone after Noah guy before as well? Is that the reason why he was part yes. of this match? Because it just kind of felt yes. like Shota and <laughs> Noah guy didn't really have much chemistry together as a tag team, you know. Yes, Kaito uh, was attacked by House of Torture at Wrestle Kingdom last year, and they they they, they also went to Noah and fought House of Torture. Oh, uh, Kaito, okay. so so yeah, yeah. House Kaito hates House of Torture, so this was just right. him kind of jumping in to help the young fella, even though he's a young fella. Uh, and let's just be real; I think a lot of this has a lot. The thing thing is, Shota backup is in another match later. To be honest, yeah. most consistent backup back, back is Moxley, and Moxley had things to do. So yeah, I think yeah. uh, it, that's the that's the main reason why he ended up with Kaito. Yeah, I think I, maybe maybe that is you know from someone who who hasn't been watching New Japan like week in week out, maybe that's the reason like I I felt like a little bit of a disconnection with this match because I was kind of like if anyone was going to team up with Shota then it would have been Mox out like over Noah guy because if I didn't know really know about this feud between. But- and 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 House of Torture. So for me, I I felt a little bit confused as to why this match was like kind of taking place and these two teaming up. That makes sense now. Uh, that being said, th- there's got to be some sort of change for Shota, right? He is having like a really bad end to his year and a very bad beginning to 2024. He's, you know, either consistently be- uh, betrayed or he- or he's just screwed over. Um, and 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 it looks like it's really weighing down on him. I don't know if you guys really saw sort of him after the match and like sort of getting out the match, but it looked like he was like really like his his face was just full of defeat. You know, defeat at like trying to to get that uh, that one over on House of Evil, but also just the defeat and everyone continuously coming for Shota. Like, what has this man done to piss everyone off? Seriously. I think okay, well, I was going to say, I can answer. Go ahead. <laughs> Go on. No, but I say, no, if you can answer. I do answer. 
if, that's, if, that, if, if you can tell me why he's got this bad luck, if there's a specific reason, I genuinely want to know because mm. it's kind of like Jesus. I don't. I, I feel for the guy. He gets he gets fired to the face last year, but from a wizard. And now, and now he's like he just can't even get into a decent tag team match. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going on with Shota. Explain. Well, one he's chosen, you know, uh, and he you got, you got you got that. So the reason why a lot of people have come after him, not only did he have the referee as his father, so you know heels heels hate red shoes. So there you go, they're gonna hate his son. But that's that's a small detail. To wait, be wait, honest, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Red shoes is his father. Please tell me you knew this. Oh, oh we've said that. Come on. Come on now. We've said it on the pod. Dad in real life. You got no no yes, joke. That's why Osprey that's why Osprey beat the hell out of Shota in front of his father. The very first time they fought, he beat him into a pulp. Uh, right in front of Red Shoes and tried to make Red Shoes stop the match and Red Shoes wouldn't do it. But yeah. Oh that's wow. His, Sis, did you know about red shoes, or is this just me finding this out about red shoes? James knew, I know. No, this is the first I've heard of it. They don't listen to us. They don't listen to us, They don't listen to us, Hey, listen, I listen That's when I can. I'm, I'm two weeks behind on normal wrestling because I was focused so much on New Japan. So I have Jericho tried... even said that his dad was. <laughs> this year, okay, Monty. This year, it's no been like yeah. No one okay. listens to Jericho anyway. <laughs> but yeah, besides that, that's a small detail. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he was betrayed by Ren Narita. So the defeat you saw is a lot more. Uh, he said he would never lose to Ren Narita again, and and, and Ren Narita promised. Joseph, the same thing. The difference is, and kind of like what I mentioned later when I mentioned guys who came up together but chose their own path, Ren Narita has obviously chosen the more twisted, I'm going to go with join the House of Torture path. Uh, and Because at first they called him a Shibata clone and all that, and I think Ren Narita realized he had a lack of direction. So I know it sounds crazy. Let me join the House of Torture for direction. But it, at least he has something now that he didn't have before, which is a little bit of an identity. Shota Umino has come in and has immediately taken up the fact that he seems to be the next ace of New Japan. Like I think everyone can kind of see it, the way his physique looked, the way he wrestled. He's the most naturally gifted and the one that you can just look at and be like, no, out of the three Musketeers, out of Suji, him, and not Ren Narita, he's the one that you can tell is the, going to be the guy. But uh, I think that's why he gets a lot of the this the is definitely all that he gets. Yeah, it's definitely intrigued me to kind of continue watching Ren's progress uh, going forward after this match because you you know rightly so we could e- easily go um, Shota Umino definitely should have been winning this match against Ren, but um, it, very much like a Takeshita moment where Takeshita pinned Kenny clean one on one. It was kind of like that moment with Ren. And, and Shota. So I'm definitely intrigued to see where things are going to go. I feel like Shota, unfortunately, has been on such a real bad losing streak. I mean, things can only go, go up from here with him. I, I can't seem to see how, how it could get worse for Shota at this point. They're, they're, I think they're doing it. There's always a reason for it. And again, I'm yeah, surprised that maybe he didn't have a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom. But again, if you... That's my problem I, with this match. Um, 
but again, if we're all talking about Shooter being the one ready, and even my mind being kind of maybe being slightly head, even with association with Moxley, then maybe they're going like, let's keep him back a little bit and let's see if we can, you know, build Ren to that point. Because we're going to get Ren and Shooter one-on-one matches, you know what I mean? For years to come. We don't get that. Yes. So, again, it just seems, but it's, it's interesting to hear because obviously me watching it kind of full time now yeah it does make more sense you know to have um you know suji and yurimura maybe in a tag and then shooter and ren but we're gonna get it you know we'll say for ren nice hood but he's changed man but like i said we're looking yeah he's completely to different right you watch him he's strong he's completely different right Joe? he's completely different right? he's crazy like it's the same thing that happened in the show like i said show used to be mild-mannered quiet and he joined House of Torture and he turned into a psychopath with a wrench. <laughs> and, and then you got Yo, who used to always be charismatic. And he was the opposite. I think a similar thing went on here with Ren, Narita, and Shota when you got the charismatic, obviously, oh, we love you guys with Yo and Shota Umino. But then you got these, these guys who just loses it because it, things didn't go like you thought it would go in your initial run. And they just go crazy when they join up with evil. Which makes sense if you really if you think if you want to be philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> Join I mean, and you will lose your mind. <laughs> the entrances probably took longer than the match, but I'm not complaining, you know, especially when it comes to yeah, they know, were about House of Torture. Like I'm not Right. Um, yeah, they were rushing. Anyway. So scores, Jaxi. After all that explanation, what are you gonna give it? I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a three and a half and I'm I'm not gonna change my my uh original score that I gave it just because of I now know a, a a bigger context for it because at the time when I was watching this match I was there was still slight confusion for me so I'm going to give it a three and a half for like mainly my confusion as to why Shota and, and it was his name Kaito from Noah why those two were even partnered together so I'll keep it as but three and a half look on the bright side though people listen to this pod know exactly what's going on you know, they can watch Wrestle Kingdom now and have all this extra knowledge. Exactly. So, guys, don't listen to my score. Still go watch the match, you know, but I'm not going to change my score after I've already written down 3.5. I'm actually going to be good and stick to my original score. Uh, Monty, what would you give it? Three and a half. Like, I, I, I really, it, that's why it's funny that you say you talk about changing your score. Like, change it to what, lore? <laughs> like, it wasn't. It wasn't that good, honestly. They were rushing. Yeah, I was. I would have actually gone a little bit lower, but then I felt like I was being yeah, judgmental. I mean, whatever, just do what you want to do. But uh, to be honest, though, like <laughs> I felt like this match from the beginning should have been Ren, Narita, and Shelter. Uh, honestly, just there was a clear, concise story that you could have told from the betrayal. Of course, House of Torture was going to come out there, so you know we could have did it yeah, straight boring. off for ten. 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. Like, you know how the torture was going to be. All there. Japan like, on, is is run-ins and ref bumps and <laughs> weapon shots. There's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. Gato loves uh, Memphis Championship. So thank Memphis. <laughs> Gato loves I do lo- uh, I do love Southern Championship wrestling. So, yeah, I think that's where he got a lot of that from. But anyway, uh, yeah, House of Torture, we know what's going to happen. But we're in the re- I will say this. The best part of this match was the finish, and that and and that was and and what I mean about that is with the friend with the push up bar. As young lions, they shared that push up bar, looked at each other face to face, and motivated each other to get done with their thousand push ups a day that they have to do. Yes, a thousand. Uh, so uh, yeah, is that a day or a lifetime? 
a day. <laughs> Seriously, no, a day. Same thing I'm with squat. Push up, push up and squat a thousand a day. That's how. That's the young line workout. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. But you wonder why these guys' bodies change like it do? It's because of stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, they used the push up bar. Rinda Rita did that and then set up for the finish. That was the best part of the match because it had a story within it. That's another reason why I just said take out the other two as much as I love evil, even though I know everyone hates evil. I'm always, I, he always got a special place in my heart. Kaito, I love him. I understand y'all want to give him on the show, but honestly, they didn't need, they weren't needed here. The bigger story and the best part of this match was between Shota and Ren. And uh, yeah, I think that's why I give it three and a half. Yeah, um, Gina, what did you think of um, Ren's push up bar? Uh, impressed by that, and what was your score? Yeah, I I actually was impressed by it. The thing is, I I recognised Ren um from from watching some New Japan's sort of earlier in the year, um and I was kind of shocked he was in this match. I was like, oh, he's um he's big enough to be in this match card. Then you know, again, this is me not having known any sort of backstory about him, but I I knew I just knew who Ren Narita was. Um, so for me, when I did go into this match, I was a little bit confused as well, but I did kind of enjoy it. And I actually agree and think that, um, joining like evil and house of torture will actually really help Ren Narita make something of his character because his character, I don't want to say was a bit stale, but for me, he, he was a little bit like that. There wasn't anything, um, sort of like pushing him out as special to me. So now that he's like a part of the House of Torture, I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen going forward for him. So I'm now invested in him more. So I'm going to give it a three and a half as well. But I did really enjoy this match and it shocked me on how much I enjoyed it. See, the House of Torture helps someone. <laughs> House of Torture. I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Predictions. Shut up, Jay. Also, <laughs> actually just say to Monty, because I think Monty just met, brought this up. I actually really like Evil. What's people's problem with Evil? I actually think he's great. I think that you him think and Great are... great. No, like oh, his character. His character is He's great. Evil. What do you want from Evil? Yeah. Like, I actually... Do you know the definition of the word, Jay? <laughs> no, I genuinely think that he's character and I think if him and Great Ocon like, like their secret heels and no, evil I, like, I mean maybe a little bit because I do have the hots for show I'm not gonna lie um but at the same time I just oh, think that okay. like I I, I kind of wouldn't mind like a like a, a feud between Great Ocon and like evil and it's like a battle of egos because that's what <laughs> I can see both you of those two characters Great Ocon out of that conversation hey, James <laughs> I love the great Okan, okay? But what I'm saying I is... Know. I, I love versus him. Evil. Yeah, that's what I mean. It would be a, a dream match. Great Okan versus Evil. Give it to me at, at WK19. Give it to me. Finally, someone understands. He's a necessary evil. <laughs> I'm waiting all episode to say that. Right, predictions. <laughs> uh, Not really. James went faces. Jackson Gina... Went House of Torture, so it means Gina and Jackson on two, Monty James on one. Great. Never open my title. What? You you said you're on one, yeah, and I'm on two, yeah? I just needed to get that clear. It's going to be a long fucking year (laughs) with you lot, isn't it? (laughs) 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 
Let's move on. Never open weight title. Tamatonga versus Shingo. Uh, Tama dropped Shingo with bloody Sunday, but Shingo kicked out at one. Tama followed up with a lariat for attempting a DST. Shingo escaped, but at a forearm. Tama attempted another gun stun, but Shingo hit one of his own. He then hit a pumping bomber and made a Japan, but Tama somehow kicked out. Shingo unloaded on Tama, dropping him with strikes for attempting the last dragon. Tama freed himself, hit a Styles clash. He tried to close uh, land another gun stun, but Shingo kicked out. Finally, Tama hit the DST, winning a match, and Tamatonga is a four-time never openweight champion now. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Because as I've mentioned, Bro. Shingo thought he was going to be successful, but I mm-hmm. mean, this started at a great pace, and it didn't really slow down. It looked like they both had a point to prove. This is what the open weight title was made for. You know, like when Makabe used to be the champion back in the day, it was all about strong style, like just straight up wars, 15 minute, just beat the hell out of each other. That's the reason why I thought Shingo was a perfect champion because he fit his style fits the belt so well. It's the reason why Ishii is probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, open weight champions. Goto was a great champion. Like I said, Makabe, all those guys who were physical and able to just go out there and have brawls and just, not just brawls, but like great wrestling, but to, it don't have to be that long because they're going at a crazy pace. And that's what this was, like you mentioned. Uh, 13 minutes of just absolute brilliance. Tama, I love Tama. I always have. He proved something to me. The internet hates Tama for some reason. Some people don't think Tama can hang in New, could hang with, in New Japan. I think anyone who don't like Tama's style should watch this match with Shingo. I know Shingo is incredible. I would be the first to tell you that Shingo can wrestle a broom, and I would watch him snap that broom in half for 15 minutes because I love Shingo that much. But uh, Tama really showed me something in this one, man. He 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 was right along with his dance partner, Shingo, in this one. And it made me, as much as I don't agree with it, and then what Tama said after the match in his press conference made me disagree with it even more. But as much as I didn't disagree with the decision to let Tama win this one, uh, because Shingo had re- literally just won the belt, like we mentioned, I think, at the beginning of November. Uh, I, I wanted Shingo to run with it a little bit. This was still damn good. It was so good that I didn't even care anymore that uh, that I wanted Shingo to win. Tama really showed what he could do, and it's a damn shame, man. It's a damn shame that he's leaving, bro. Yeah. Well, that was the news in the press conference afterwards. Tamazonga saying that he is leaving New Japan. Going back um, with his, Going back to his family. Yeah, so that would be, what is it, middle of February that he'll be back looking for work in the States. I mean, Gina... Look out for Impact, pick... man. He lives in Florida. Look out for Impact. You reckon that? I mean, I was saying, I mean, we were talking about it. Could you... I it's mean, my theory. It would be interesting just to the see theory. where it goes. Uh, Gina, what about you? What were your thoughts on this? And uh, Tamara as well. Do you think he can find... Because he must be early 40s now as well, so still potential. Oh, yeah, I was super disappointed because I didn't get the win on this one. I didn't go with Tamatonga. I went with Shingo as well. I feel the same towards Shingo like Monty. I really like him. There's just something about him that connect that I connect with. And I just I just can't help but be in awe every time I see him. So I was like, nah, Shingo's got this in the bag. Um, but yeah, I'm actually happy for Tamatonga and I, I really like him. I don't know why he gets shit online either because I actually really like him and I think he should continue to be pushed. Um, so I'm not mad at him winning this. I'm more mad just on losing the point, but that's about it. 
So it was a good match for me. And uh, again, I feel like every match that I see Tamatonga have, I feel like I can feel his dedication to that match. So, yeah, I don't see what people's problems with him are. Well, it's weird because I remember us being at the Clash as well. Uh, when Solo showed up, we thought it might have been Tamatonga. So we don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when the door opens. I mean, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on the match and the future of Tama? Um, I mean, again, as soon as I did um, watch sort of the media scrum and, and heard this from Tama, I legit did go back to thinking about Clash at the Castle and thinking about the fact that at first, I'm pretty sure it was you, James, that first suggested, is that Tama Tonga before we realised it was Solo? Um, so it really wouldn't surprise me if we're going to get like an additional member of the Bloodline. That being said, I think that if he did go to Impact, he would probably actually help elevate it the way that both Trinity and Mickey James have been doing, um, as well as other wrestlers. But I'm just thinking about wrestlers that that recent wrestlers that have moved from big promotions to a, to to Impact. So that's why I brought those ones up. Um, again, though, I have to agree with Monty. I really liked this match. This match was so good. I think this was one of Tamatonga's best matches in terms of showcasing what it is he could still do, especially um, at his age. Uh, Shingo is exactly the same. Um, I found it difficult to really think he was going to win this match, but the overall outcome, I feel like there wasn't just like an... This match wasn't like, um, you know even-sided, uh, this, this this match wasn't one-sided, sorry, this was pretty even. Um, you had, like, Tamatongo right on, you know, sort of the attack straight from the get-go, but it wasn't like Shingo was take, was just lying there and taking beating after beating. He was also just giving his all just back, and you could tell that both these men really wanted to win this match. So there is slight disappointment, because, in my opinion, even though, again, I went with Tamatonga for the win, uh, there was disappointment that came with, well, why are you putting the belt on Tamatonga if he's openly admitting he's leaving? You should have left it on Shingo and had yeah. Hagi have a greater run, especially as, Monty, what, when did you say he got the belt? In November. Yeah, he just won it. That was his first defense, November. Right? November. So like, there yeah. wasn't even like a long defense for him. Like You could actually had him run with that belt so much longer, especially with the news of Tamatonga leaving. If Tamatonga hadn't announced that he was leaving... I wouldn't have an issue here, but I think it was everything after the match in the media scrum that really just kind of soured on me for this match. It soured the match because I felt like this match was so good and both men put in their all um, to, to this match, this dedication. And I get why from Tamatonga's point of view, but why? But the decision behind it, it just it makes no sense to me because whatever title defense Tamatonga is going to do, we know he's losing. So why didn't you just keep it on Shingo? He's fighting uh, evil yeah. tomorrow, by the way, James. <laughs> yes! We're getting evil getting the title belt. Watch, it's going to be short for Tamatonga. Evil going to come take this. Watch, James. This is House of Tortures here. Right, so scores. Uh, Monty, what would you give it out of five? This is four and a quarter, man. I love this, man. This is really good and possibly higher. But again, uh, a little bit of the other stuff. Me not understanding why they did this, probably why I would take something away from it. But yeah, this is really good. Uh, Gina? Yeah, I'll give this a four and a quarter as well. I honestly thought Shingo was going to get it and I was truly surprised to see him lose it. Um, And I think that adds to the fun factor of the match at the fact that like you just really didn't see this coming. So I gave it a four and a quarter. 
Uh, Jaxie? Um, again, I really like this match. I enjoyed it a lot. So I, I actually gave this a four and a half. Um, this was, again, rated before the media scrum. I think if it, if I saw what was happening with the media, what the decision time I came to in the end, I think I actually would have scored this lower. But originally I went with four and a half. So I'm just going to stick with it. Now I went four and a half as well. <clears throat> Predictions, we all went Shingo apart from Jaxi. So... It means that I am on one, the deity is on one, Gina on two, Jaxie on three. I've never seen a swing like that. Yeah. Never, ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. This is a record just kind of going from the from the bottom to the top. Let's see how we go, though. I'm not jinxing it, Touchwood. Let's see how we go here from, from here on out because you just never know. Well, in between matches, the Nemeth brothers walk to the VIP section while on camera, seeming to watch the tag team title match. And uh, what this appearance means, well, we're not quite sure yet. Uh, the IWGP Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship, both on the line. Grizz Destiny, El uh, Fantasmo and Hikaleu versus Bishmon. A uh, great entrance from the champions, we should say. Bishmon gained an early lead by a double team in ELP. He attempted to do the same to Hikaleu, but his strength proved too much. Hikaleu furthered his lead for quite some time. A miss from ELP allowed Bishman another opportunity. After a prolonged offensive sequence, Bishman hit ELP with Shoto, forcing Hikaleu to break up the pin. ELP then used head scissors to throw Bishman into each other, buying him some time. He dropped Gutu with a super kick. Hikaleu then landed a choke slam, leaving ELP free to land a super Thundercus 86, but got kicked out. ELP then hit Gotti with a CR3 as Hikaleu climbed to the top rope. He hit Gotti with a splash and <laughs> pinned him. The GOD now controls both tag team titles in New Japan. Um, Gina, what did you think of this? The tag titles match, not the yeah. junior heavyweight one. No, the main one. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, the, the match was a, a good match. Is Wait, this is the... ELP. That's it. I was going to say ELP and Hikaleo, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And they won the titles. Yeah, no, this match was actually they really, really the, good. Hashi and... and, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that yeah. tag team name again, Monty? I always forget. Bishamon. Is someone fucking listening to me? No, listen to me. <laughs> Did you say that earlier, James? Honestly, yeah, I was four times during the match. <laughs> they were into the match this whole time, but <laughs> I will say, like I said, that this match, I just, I, I loved it. I feel like I'm slightly biased because I have like a love for uh, Goto and Yoshihashi, so it was really hard going into this match because I really like where Hikaleo and El Fantasma are going at the moment as well. So it was really hard to kind of like chant for like each team because I kind of wanted both teams to win. Um, it was such a good match and I think that they had some great spots. El Fantasmo, he, he just continues to uh, wow me when he wrestles, you know, um, and I'm liking him so much more as with each match that I watch. I think that him and Hikaleo have a really good um 
tag team sort of relationship as well. They work well with each other. They trust each other. Um, and I think if anyone's going to, if they're going to, uh, Yoshihashi and Goto are going to lose their belts, I think it was right to give it to ELP and Hikaleo here um, just because they look so strong and they look so dominating. So it made sense to give it to them. And as you mentioned, ELP can fill that massive will hole at some points in time definitely. as well. I definitely uh, think he has personality to, like, you know, definitely pull it off. And I, I think he's good on, on the mics as well. So I think, like, ELP needs to just give him his paycheck, guys. Give him his paycheck. And it's weird as well. We talk about young Lions. But, I mean, Jaxie, this is Hikaleu's first match on the main card at Wrestle Kingdom. Which makes you think, like, he's not that far ahead of the others. Yeah, I mean, again, um, I think they pointed that out, the commentators, they pointed that out, that this is Hikalego's, like, sort of first main sort of spot um, at that point. And uh, I got to admit, I hadn't seen sort of the tag league, so I hadn't realised until just before sort of, like, uh, Russell Kingdom started that they were the tag champions. So for me, I was very much like, "Ooh, Hikaleo is now in the spotlight at this point. Um, what are we going to see from him? You know, how are we going to see? Like, I've not seen ELP and Hikaleo team up to a point where I think that they would be uh, good enough to take the belts off of someone like Bishamon, who have this, you know, um, long year standing, you know, um, camaraderie, you know, if anything, if you'd have told me that like um, Tamatonga and Hikadeo were in this match, I would have believed that they would have taken it more. So seeing, um, seeing the interactions between both Hikadeo and ELP, I genuinely was like, I'm intrigued. I love seeing these two together. I think they look great together. ELP, ever since he's kind of become a face, uh, thanks to sort of Bullet Club, um, like really turning on him. This has really worked in his favor and you can really see how much the crowd are really into him now. And I remember, you know, this time last year, him being still, you know, fully invested with the Bullet Club and just the the amount of booze and dislikes he would get, you know? So it's a real, it's a real change for ELP. I'm excited to see what this, this year does, not only for him as an, a singles wrestler, but see what this does for him as a tag team champion right now. So yeah, really enjoyed this match in the end ultimately having uh bishamon versus these two that you couldn't have had a greater sort of tag match um between four four great talents you know yeah without a doubt um and the interesting thing as well monty was under 10 minutes but i don't know if there was maybe like a a timing issue if this was always meant to be like that i think it was meant to be shorter definitely shorter especially when you think about the fact that they went 45 minutes in the final uh, but I, I'm pretty sure on a team match card, when you're trying to make sure uh, the three-way gets its time, you want Despi and Hiromu to get their time, you want the main event to get the time. So I'm pretty sure some something had to be sacrificed. So it was probably a match like this, probably a match like uh, the tag, the two tag matches, as a matter of fact, on the card. It probably makes sense for both of those tag matches to kind of get, but well, it was three, so not the, not counting the opener, but. The other two tag matches kind of got punished if you really want to think about it uh, when it comes to time. So that's probably what happened because they still had big time matches that they had to get done. But this is really, really good when you think about uh, what they were able to do with that time. And the fact that, uh, honestly, like I said, Bishamon had been so dominant that the fact that it took 45 minutes for them to finish basically just ELP 
because, uh, like I said, Hikaleo was took out for the last part of that match. Uh, the fact that it came to an end the way it did makes perfect sense because they were right there to beating them in tag league. So giving them a rematch and doing running it back that fast at Wrestle Kingdom, it makes sense for these two guys to be the tag champions. And I think both guys will be uh, not only great stars in general, whether it's in the tag division or just – in singles competition, I think the future is bright for both guys in New Japan if they decide to stay. I think that's the thing. I think the only reason why you don't hear Hikaleo's name threw in there with the uh, other three Musketeers and Yuya Yuamore and some of those other young future guys is because Hikaleo, before he ever debuted, was pursued by WWE <laughs> and was like almost gone. So I, I don't necessarily know how confident New Japan is that they'll keep Hikaleo around for years to come. That might be why you don't think of him as in the same class, but he totally is in the same, uh, you know, vein as a, the three Musketeers and the other young guys who are supposed to be the future of New Japan. So if he chooses to be, he will be the future of New Japan. He'll be a monster in Japan. Uh, but he also will be great in WWE if he chooses to. I think Hikaleo got, can have the wrestling world in the palm of his hand, uh, depending on whatever he decides. And ELP, like I said, I can't, I can't, I don't even want to waste any more words. He's absolutely one of the best in the world, one of the most underrated. And I think this year he will no longer be underrated. I think, I think if the New Japan know what they're doing, he is a great selection right behind Zach. As a matter of fact, I will push him right next to Zach in that, to, like you said, filling that hole that Will is going to leave in the foreigner uh, spot. Yeah, I think about that. Right. So, school setting. Uh, Gina, what would you score this out of five? Uh, I gave it a four. Jaxie? Yep, same. Uh, Monty? Yeah, I gave it a four. Didn't have time to go into that five-star gear they hit at the end of Tag League. Yeah, I gave it a four as well. And this ain't even funny. I went Bisherman. Rest went for new champions, so means, <laughs> I'm on one, Monty on two. Uh, James, do you just want to end it here? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not. Look, I won last year. That's all I'm going to say. I don't need to win this year, all right? Like, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, yeah, Gene yeah, on three, Jaxie on four. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just take a year off, I don't want to. Anyway, IWGP <laughs> Junior Heavyweight Championship. El Desperado uh, versus Hiromu Takahashi. Desperado started the match by diving onto Hiromu as he made his way to the ring. Nice way to start. On the top rope, Hiromu attempted to fling Desperado, but was caught. Uh, Desperado now in control, slammed from the top of the mat. Hiromu tried to power up, but Desperado hammered him with strikes to keep him grounded. Hiromu dodged a punch, landed a lariat to gain advantage. Desperado fired back, landing the... Pinche Loco for an earful. Desperado attempted it again, but Hiromu reversed into his unnamed role. Desperado kicked out and landed another pinche Loco. It's driving for the pin. Desperado hit Desperado with another one. Oh, sorry, Desperado hit Hiromu with one. This time it was enough to win the match. Uh, and your new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Sorry, I was talking on mute. This is this is the uh, it, well, Ospreys match. 
No, this uh, is just... Desperado Takahashi. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, I don't really, I, I really don't know El Desperado as a wrestler that much, but um, I have to admit, it, he he reminds me, his skill set reminds me of like that of Commander and Ray Fenix. So it was really enjoyable to kind of see what he was going to do. But I also was unsure as to um, how high flying he would get. Um, so, yeah, he definitely surprised me a lot because I kind of thought Takahashi had this in the bag. Um, this this match kind of reminded me like slightly of like the... Um, uh, Shota Umino tag match in terms of I didn't really understand why it was these two facing off but then again I haven't been following a, a consistent linear storyline um, to know why it was El Des- Desperado taking on uh, Takahashi um, I'm definitely gutted though because if I uh, lost my losing my winning streak here <laughs> well I will say th- these two have faced off many a time um Monty, again, this is just... These two guys seem to be around the junior heavyweight division more than most at this moment in time. They're the top. They are the top of the division by far, really, to be honest. And I think the thing is about Despy, Despy can do death matches. He can do... He can high fly. But I love what I love the most about Despy is he is a limp... He is a limb magician, meaning he's going to try... His uh, do, a numero dose that he does, which is like a stretch muffler, but then he grabs both arms and it kind of just he will stretch you completely out. It's like it's funny how he can be con- he can turn into Zack Saber Jr. on any given match, and no one brings that out of him more than Hiromu. Uh, Hiromu and him have had like I think seven prior encounters to this, and Hiromu mentioned after this match he don't ever want to do this again where they're not the main event because they deserve the the the, the focus. And I 100% agree with them. Most of the time when they fight, they're usually the junior heavyweight title, the last match, the main event of the show, and they go out there and they just try to kill each other. Uh, it's a long history there between Despy and Hiromu, uh, and they, they kind of always traded victories. I think a couple years ago at Wrestle Kingdom, Hiromu won. Uh, but then the last time they fought, I think uh, Despy got the better of Hiromu. Uh, so, you know, Hiromu wanted to get to the defense ring. That's kind of why I selected him. I thought he was going to get to 12, but I think he got stopped short here at 8. Uh, and Despy is the guy to do it. If it was anyone, just do it, because this is the first time. Usually when a championship is on the line between in this series uh, or this rivalry, usually the champion retains. I was kind of going with history there. So, I was like, Hiromu usually always retained, or when Despy was the champion, he would retain when he fought Hiromu, but no, this is the first time a title change happened, and fitting that it happened at the biggest show of the year. This was fantastic, man, and I just only wish that, uh, that honestly, where they were placed, I knew it was big matches coming, so I think how great this was was kind of going to be overshadowed, but I've seen these guys do even more damage to each other, and like I said, y'all talk about Dragon Lee being a guy that Hiromu really uh, have a, a rivalry with. He's had the same type of feud and beef with Despy pretty much since they both started in New Japan from Mexico. They both kind of took different routes uh, on excursion. But uh, yeah, uh, Desperado and Hiromu was one of the greatest rivalries in New Japan for wrestling. And I just, I wish they got more of a spotlight consistently so when people worldwide will see that. Matter of fact, that's what I recommend. Look up Hiromu and Despy's matches. Anytime they've ever fought in New Japan, you will you will not be disappointed. Yeah, and there's also a fantastic documentary as well on New Japan World. Um, 
about Takahashi. Really, really good stuff. So if you want to learn more right. about him. Um, anyway, as for the match in itself, so we do out of fives. So, Jaxi, what was your score out of five for this one? I mean, yeah, this this was okay for me. So I've I've given it a three and three quarters. Monty? Giving it four and a half. That was my first time ever seeing him do the pinche loco, a.k.a. fucking crazy, 2.0, where he dropped Hiromu right on his bleeping head. Man, I loved. I love. They always add a new twist to their matches. So uh, yeah, I gave it four and a half. Man, this is another spectacular one. Even though I know they could do better. Gina. Yeah, I gave this a four and a quarter. I I will say is um isn't uh Hiromu Hir- I can't say his name Takahashi. Isn't he the one who said something like he wanted to like he had a goal to beat like twelve defenses with the with the mm-hmm. belt or something and like he he didn't get to meet it he only got to like seven of them or something like that um so yeah, I, he, yeah he fell short yeah he fell short of his goal so I kind of felt really gutted for him and that's kind of one of the one of the reasons like why I wanted to go for him because I was expecting him to kind of get to that that um 12 defenses that he said that he wanted to do um and I do find myself really invested in him I I, I don't know why I don't know if it's just all the eyes when he comes out and I'm just yeah, invested cool in him yeah <laughs> he just every time he's on screen I'm just captivated so yeah I, four and a quarter for me was good yeah, for this match. he's a star yeah that's an excellent point uh yeah I'm gonna give it four and a half but um I mean predictions this is this is just a joke I mean I was wrong again, but we were all wrong. So at the moment, I am one for seven. I don't, I don't think I've ever done worse. James, I'm ever. passing you the tissue box right now. I'm passing you the tissue box. And you watched oh, the yeah. most you ever watched, right? Yeah, watched the most and got the most wrong. <laughs> I should just, I'm going to stop watching NXT in New Japan and just do random <laughs> predictions. That's what I've learned. But everybody's laughing. Deity is in a bit of trouble on two. On two, so, you Do know, you have a child? Hey, <laughs> no, don't, don't child me. Good excuse. All right? Good excuse. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not having that. Gina. Do you have a child? I, mean, that's just, your I just want to know. I just want to know. Monty. I just want to know. <laughs> you, said that. you answered that the same 50 times on the last update. Right. So Gina has three. <laughs> Jaxi has four. We can only say, thank God, Jaxie didn't get that right. Am I right? Yes, right. That that, that me. Yeah. Up next, Global Heavyweight Championship, David Finlay versus Will Ospreay versus John Moxley. I mean, Moxley's entrance was cool, but I think Ospreay's entrance was special. I mean... I I love Red Hood, but he did get overshadowed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Jaxie, do you want to speak about this? I mean, I don't know who would be better on the subject would be Jaxi or, or Eugenia, but like Osprey's entrance I mean, was just so cool. Yeah, I, I, I gotta admit, I, I'm the one that called this uh, even even Sis was a little bit like, wait, 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 this isn't it. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I was like, this is literally the theme tune for it. This is Assassin's Creed tune. Okay, I'm telling you straight, I know this. I've played all of them apart from the Mirage. I know my games. Okay. He came out all dressed like I couldn't tell if it was um if he was dressed as 
the character. Uh, what's Evie's brother's name? Twin brother's name? Yeah, the English. idiot Jacob Fry, or whatever. Yeah, that's who he was. I think it's Jacob was, or something. I think it was Jacob because he had the top hat. And yeah, that's what he was made... the British one. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think he came out as Jacob, but I mean, he could easily have passed off as one of the brothers, uh, Brotherhood or Unity um, uh, assassins as well. You know, he he just looked incredible. Like if we're if we're gonna try it and do an Assassin's Creed movie and actually base it on the movies, which God, I hate, I uh, based on the games, which I hope they don't because they ruined it with Michael Fassbender. But if they were to, Will Ospreay. He looked like an assassin. He looked great. Get him in if he can act. I don't know. Um, but yeah, already right from, from the entrance, I was so excited by this match. Um, I, it took me a while to just get over the Assassin's Creed theme, to be honest. So I don't know if someone wants someone else wants to jump in on this match yeah. before we go. Oh, I'll, I'll jump in and talk about <laughs> Michael Fassbender. Apparently, fucking every hand bottle. Anyway, back to the match. Moxley and Osprey <laughs> open the match by Russian Finley as they promised to do at yesterday's press conference. They beat him up inside and outside the ring. Moxley turned his attention to Osprey, hitting Death Rider. Osprey at the move and hit Moxley with a hidden blade. Finley then threw Osprey to the floor and attempts to pin Mox, but Mox kicked out. Finley hit him with a Dominator, prompting Osprey to break up the pin with another hidden blade, this time to Finley. Once the men returned to defeat, they took turns training strikes. Moxley and Osprey focused on Finney again. When Finney looked to be out, Gabe Kidd and Alex Coughlin, the Bullet Club War Dogs, hit the ring attacking Moxley and Osprey. They managed to fight back, driving both War Dogs through tables with a crazy dive. Back in the ring, Moxley dropped Finney with a pair of Death Riders before eating two hidden blades. Osprey hit Moxley with Stormbreaker, but Finney stopped the pin. Finney landed Oblivion, a curb stomp, and a new variant of the previous finish for pinning Osprey. To win the match, David Finley is the first IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion. And after the match, Finley taunted Nick Nemeth. Finley pushed Nemeth, leading to a scuffle between the two. The former Dolph Ziggler then went after Finley. And that's another thing about Japan. We've just had an awesome match, and now you set the stage for what is to come. Um, Gina, what did you think of this match? Because I thought this was awesome. Yeah, this match, this match kind of feels like a bit like a dream match that I didn't realize I wanted to happen until it happened. Um, it it was just brilliant. It was you know chaos start to end. Um, I I I did see a little clip about um uh Osprey and uh, Moxley, you know, agreeing to take Finley out and get him out their way. Um. And that was just brilliant because it's something I would expect them to do as well. Like just gang up on Finley and just get him out of the bloody way. And then those two can fight it out themselves, you know. Um, but it did feel like that. It felt like when one was in the, when two was in the ring, one of them got thrown out. So it's like, no, us two are fighting now. You can sit out and just calm down. You know, it was a great match. And I, I honestly, I want to say I didn't know who was going to win it. I had a slight feeling it would be Finley. But that's just because of what we know is coming up in the future for for Osprey, you know, and the fact that he is leaving. Um, so for me, it it was a bit of a no brainer on who would win, but I still think that it did well. Um, and you know, the whole Nemeth thing that happened after it, it just made me laugh. Can we all just you know address the elephant in the room and all agree 
that Nick Nemeth's mum made him bring his younger brother with him to work. Please. (laughs) (laughs) No, for real. Oh, no. Is he doing that? Like, it literally felt really awkward just seeing him, like, behind. And it's mainly because not even the commentators really, like, touched upon the fact that he was here too and he is a valid wrestler. So it really just felt like he was tag along, you know? I felt really bad for him because, you know, being an older sibling, I actually said to to my sister, oh, my gosh, that's that's our youngest sibling. Uh, You all remember her. She's been featured on the show. That was definitely <laughs> the amount of times we would go out. We, yeah, the amount of times we would go out with our friends, and our mum would be like, "No, you're not going out unless you take Shay with you." And it was just like, oh. and because there were two of us, it was even worse because we would just run off in different directions and leave her. So <laughs> sorry, it's Shay. Way, it's the way. Of, sorry, going back to this, but it's the way we yeah. didn't have Nick on the corner. So, like, when it happened, he had to move out of his way, like, just put his head down and move. Like, there was no attention yeah. to him. It's so bad, I've actually forgotten his name. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's... I know it's Nick right. Nemeth, but now I've yeah. completely forgotten him. Yeah. I know he used to he used to, he used to wrestle an agent. Is it Ryan? Like, yeah. Is it Ryan Nemeth? Is Brian? I don't know. Like, it could be Brian. anything. Brian. I'm, I'm, Brian. Could you not? Brian. It's Ryan. It's Ryan. It's Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Hey. <laughs> It was something with a YN. It was an iron. It's an iron. Yeah. Yeah, Even with the shenanigans, the match is fun. Yeah, exactly. It really did. Um, I think the, the, the part that I would like to actually like bring up within the match, I think, was ultimately this sort of this this was all about David Finley getting over as the leader of the Bullet Club for me. Um, or, or this is how I took mm-hmm. this match, really. Um, and it really did kind of solidify that, yeah, he's a he's a bastard, you know. The likes of John Moxley and Will Ospreay don't even fucking like this guy, you know. So that they, they, they were trying to get that across, and that is exactly what they managed to do. Like I'm every time Mox and, and Osprey were in the ring, and they're just getting at it, and then Finley would come in, and you're just like, oh fuck off, Finley! Like what are you doing here? Get away! You know, this is exactly what they wanted from the audience. They wanted us to be like, stop getting in the way. The the original match we wanted, we wanted Osprey versus Mox. Like, wh- why are we getting you involved in this? And this is exactly the heat that they wanted to put on Finley in order to actually carry on the legacy of the Bullet Club. So I wasn't surprised by the outcome of this match, but I also really enjoyed this match. I thought all three men did brilliantly in this. Um, and yeah, you, you just can't help but but see how popular Mox still is in New Japan, um, even when he's, you know, spending months away over in AEW and he'll come back for this, like, this pay-per-view match and then look at the pop he gets again. It's just incredible. Well, one of the things, we mentioned Moxley in the press conference afterwards as well, and he was quite open about it. He said one of the weird things is that he sat in a bar once with Fit Finley, you know, Fit said, oh, my kid wants to be a wrestler, and Mox said, all right, you're going to send him to WWE. He goes, no, I'm going to send him to Japan to kind of learn. And Moxie said it's wild thinking that he had that conversation and now he's actually wrestling the guy's son, you know, in Japan. So it's weird how it comes around. And again, Finn uh, looks... I that. That was, that's kind of well. cool. That's kind of yeah. cool to know that. Well, that's what I say. Moxley was so fucking open afterwards as well. And like saying, 
how important Japan is to him. And he's been 100% open, you know. And like we said, there's so many good things for this match. Firstly, with Finley, again, he needed to change this trash panda. That wasn't going to work, Monty, was it, as a finisher, to be fair. But he did buck the trend of people with white gear losing. So at least he had that with him. Alex yeah. Coughlin just yeah. sitting in the table as well. And um, it wouldn't be a podcast without me taking a shot. So here we go. And Monty, I'll tell you this as well. Japan truly loved Will Ospreay, didn't they? You know, you can see. So I'm just waiting for Tony to make him just another wrestler. If they know what's good for him, he should be um, right. He, sh- he should be right next to Swerve, whoever, whoever in the main title picture. Hopefully, he don't get bogged down with Don- too much Don Callis family stuff. Then again, uh, you could about Jay right now as well, you know. And this is this is the worry that I've got is that we're going to have both Jay White and Will Ospreay uh, on AEW content and not being utilized that the way that they were in New Japan that made them feel like a big deal. This is this is the worry, you know. Well, um, I want to have I want to have faith. Like I, in an ideal world, for me, um, I want to have faith in Tony and believe that we could potentially get Bullet Club versus United Empire come all in, you know, this year. That would be that would be awesome. But that would only ever work if you really built up Jay White and the Bullet Club. If you really built up. United Empire to the point where you you first get the first initial crossover of um, Will Will Osprey bringing United Empire over for a Forbidden Door, you know, and that could actually open the door to sort of like a, maybe a big, you know, Bullet Club versus United Empire that we'd never have seen uh, thought possible to be in something like Wembley, you know, actually take place there. Um, but that's me wishful hoping. So, you know. Let's not put too much on that. The, the thing is with AEW is only one spot, so someone is gonna take somebody's gonna take a backseat. It's just the end of the day, you, some, it's just just how it works when you have these loaded talent rosters. So again, it's just all about how Tony decides to go about doing things. How are, are people gonna be only on collisions? Are some people only gonna show up sparingly? Like he has a lot of talent to play around with, and uh, he's we've seen already what he's done with the tons of talent that they already have. So if somebody is going to get be on the sideline, you just hope it's not one of your favorites. That's just kind of how it goes in that, in that regard. But Osprey is special. You're 100% right. They watch uh, Osprey grow up in front of him, James. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, not only physically from a super junior to a, one, the greatest heavyweight, pretty much, uh, but he wasn't the normal number one foreigner. Uh, when he came in, he was like Okada's protege slash uh, – the junior heavyweight guy uh, who was a foreigner, uh, who was number one in that regard. He put on great performances, but he wasn't the guy. And then he, you know, he finally split off, kind of figured out his own thing. Kenny left. That helped. We all, we saw how that, that feud, when they, him and Kenny kind of played out, but that was very real. When Kenny left, he left New Japan in Jay White, in Osprey's hands. And it's kind of ironic that they followed him <laughs> along to AEW when you really think about it. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Osprey was special in, in New Japan, and I think the the even even what he did on his way out, and then what he did here for Finley, like you mentioned, that was my favorite part of this match. Is that even as uh, they they obviously read what some of the internet was saying and what some people thought. Like, why is Finley here? Because they made they made sure to make Finley feel like he belonged, and he definitely looked like a million bucks here. 
Uh, it was one of, if not his best performance. Cause, and Osprey always bring out the best in Finley. Uh, I think the best G1 or New Japan Cup performance Finley had before he ever turned and, joined, and started uh, leading Bullet Club, uh, it was with Will Osprey. So I'm not really surprised that the chemistry kind of leaked into this. But everything was just smooth, perfect. And I love, like you mentioned, uh, not only changing the name to Oblivion, but you, did you see how he did the last Oblivion? Yeah. Kind of turned it into like a go-to-sleep type of deal. Like, it was awesome. It was an awesome, uh, of, you know, something he can do every now and then to make it even more brutal. I love when uh, when guys do that, kind of like I mentioned with Pinche Loco. So, yeah, man, this was really great stuff. Five stars across the board for me. Fantastic stuff. Everyone looked like a star. And uh, it had great moments, great action. Can't ask for more from this. No, right, though. And like I said, Japan reminds me of, like, ECW, where you go into the next feud kind of right after the match. <laughs> like, they've already set. Look, yeah, he might be going, but we've got this coming up. And, again, it's brilliant because you get, you know, two and one, basically. Um, I'm ready Gina, for what... Nick to show people what he can do, too, wrestling-wise. And oh, he, yeah, depending yeah. on how much, how much he does in New Japan, because WWE... As great as I know, I know how great Nick is. A lot of people should remember how great he is. WWE, he spent so much time there. A lot of people may not remember just how good he is. So hopefully a run in Impact, a run in, in, in New Japan can do wonders for people to realize, no, Nick is still really that good. <laughs> yeah, right out. Um, Gina, what would you score out of five? Um, is this the overall show or the match? The match. This is the uh, triple threat, the triple threat sorry. match between Jay. Sorry, I've given my my score for this one already. Uh, I actually gave this one four and three quarters. I was just invested, and it was the biggest match for me that I knew of on the match card. So I gave it four and three quarters. Jaxley, I mean, I loved this match. I gave it a five. I gave it four, three quarters. Predictions, we all went thin. So I got a point. Yes, get in there. I'm on two. Monty on three. June on four. Jaxie on five. Up next, uh, Kazu Chico Carla versus Brian Danielson. Uh, Jaxie, what kind of black magic fuckery was that on the Carla's jacket? Because you've had answers before in the past. Oh, God, I lost my shit. <laughs> my... Hogwarts. Hogwarts. <laughs> 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 no, I shit watching this. Like, Okada just made my day. He literally just went to Hogwarts. He gr- he graduated from Gryffindor. You know, he got his robe, and he was just just getting initiated. You know, this was just absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm, I loved it. It was a paint by numbers, color by numbers type moment. It reminded me of um, I I don't think I don't think it was just Big E. I think it was New Day's paint by numbers color uh, um, wrestling gear. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I remember because. By- they were, they were returning like, from injury. No, it was two of them yeah. and waiting for like Kofi one of them to, come to back. return. Yeah, Kofi. Yeah, they get more and more every week. Yeah, yeah, and it was just so creative. So to like, you know, go from some something like Will Ospreay doing a, a full-on gaming entrance, kind of similar to last year's Kenny Omega doing, um, you know, Final Fantasy VII entrance of last year, and then we get, you know, Okada doing this with his jacket, and we've seen him, you know, have these these uh, these uh, coats that um, that show that show one color on camera and then a different color from a different lens so to speak, I think. Um, so we've seen him do some sort of like sort of eye eye playing 
um with with his jackets before but this i play with the with the you know pure white jacket and then you know coming out and then getting it colored in it was just brilliant i really enjoyed it i thought it was a bit of fun um and i mean it's daddy okado what do you expect of course i'm gonna love this yeah and that was before the bell even rang so the opening tie-up saw okada trying to bait danielson into striking instead danielson took okada to the mat and began going for okada's arm they brought outside for a bit and Okada attempted a running drop kick. Danielson cut him off with a leaping knee strike. He then placed Okada against the barricade, slamming his arm into the metal multiple times. Back in the ring, Danielson continued his focus attack, brutalizing Okada's rainmaker arm. Okada did hit a tombstone in the apron to get back into the match. He ripped off Danielson's patch and landed an elbow drop from the top rope. But this further injured the arm of Okada. He then tried for the rainmaker, but the arm couldn't do it. Danielson followed up with a kick and a signature elbow strikes. After eating slew elbows, Okada powered up, but Danielson answered with a Bisaki knee and a label lock. Danielson transitioned into the hold he used to smit Okada with a forbidden door, and the crowd <laughs> were going nuts at this point, but Okada managed to get the ropes. Danielson hit vicious stomps, but Okada fired back with a Southern Rainmaker, but couldn't capitalise. And then the closing exchange was just fantastic. Danielson hit one knee, but didn't go for the cover. Instead, opting for another. Danielson missed, leaving Carla an open opportunity after dropping Danielson. And Carla landed another Rainmaker and got the win. After the match, both men showed respect for one another in what was a classic matchup. So, Jackson, I'll come back to you then. Your man, Okada, delivered on his entrance and delivered in the match. I mean... We've we've ta- I've talked about the entrance, so I'm kind of not going to kind of touch too much more on that. No, but no. this was just such a great match. I, you know, you you go back and you watch their match at Forbidden Door, and you just thought that it was a great showcase between the two. And it was almost kind of like Okada and Danielson got together and was like, "How can we make this even better? How can we actually put more stakes on the line and and make it feel like?" this is the first time again that people are watching us in the ring, you know, and for a lot of people in New Japan, what well, in Japan, watching th- those two wrestle might have been the first time. They might not necessarily have been able to have seen um, their previous match on Forbidden Door, but this to me, just having seen their, their match at Forbidden Door, this to me just still felt like a brand new match, a brand new uh, duo getting in the ring and actually showcasing what they could do but also not staying down like this was the perfect showcase for that neither of them wanted to give up uh, the win on this match neither of them um and it was just so intense it really made you think you know having knowing that okada had lost that uh lost to danielson before like is this going to be another lose again um but yeah i i enjoyed this match from beginning to end i thought the ending was just perfect um I think them topping it off with the, the showcase of respect, both of them on their knees and just bowing to each other. It was just such a surreal moment watching that. And I, I just like, I felt like that was a, like a vulnerable moment to watch between the two of them after showing such great respect after two great matches, two really high caliber matches between two great wrestlers. This really was the cherry on top of the, the, the cake um, when it comes to sort of like the overall Wrestle Kingdom um, match card um, and it had every right to be in the main event in my opinion yeah, really really good stuff you know uh, Gina I mean what are your thoughts on this we talk about Forbidden Door uh, I think this match was a, a step up and it almost felt weird like 
home and away games. You know, like we get in sport and we've had, you know, Danielson was at home and then he went away and we see how good a carder is, you know, at the Toko Dome. Yeah, that's the perfect way to describe it. It's like having a match at home and having a match away. You know, you have your home court advantage um, when you're at home, whereas when you're away, you're kind of more out of de- out of your depth. And that's truly what kind of resonated in this match. I did think to myself, are they going to be able to overcome the Forbidden Door match? Because that match was itself was just brilliant as well. Um, but they did. They proved to us that they can, you know, just put on another banger, if not even better than the first one um, or the second. And this match, it just went hard. And they both were just dedicated. Both of them really wanted that winning, you could tell. And again, just just the chemistry between Okada and Danielson is just enough to, like, create magic in the ring. And that's literally what they did. That's how I would describe this match, magic in the ring. It really, really was. I mean, Monty, we, we've talked about it. And like I said, Danielson was ready-made for this occasion. He'd been wanting to wrestle, you know, in Japan, out of Wrestle Kingdom, and he's ready-made. But Okada at this stage is God. You know, I've heard stories of matches against Omega and Tanahashi and stuff, but I've actually experienced it now against Danielson, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, it's just, he's on another... He's a prodigy. He's just been that guy since he re-debuted in 2012. And it's crazy to me the work rate uh, that Okada has always had. And just seemingly he's just gotten even better, you know, as someone who's like a final boss. Uh, him and Danielson don't, don't – other than the, the other occasions, the few occasions that you guys have seen televised, it isn't like he had – he's fought Danielson a lot over the years. This is just two guys who know what the hell they, they're doing and just make it look easy. And I think that's the thing about Okada, like something as simple as this drop kick or the elbow drop or the fluid move. He doesn't do anything insane, but he makes it all look so easy and effortless that I think sometimes, I, I even me, I've I, I watched a, plenty of Okada matches over the years. I've taken it for granted. And I think uh, when you see him in a ring with somebody that I think has everyone's respect in the ring, and Danielson, you just see how fluid and how great everything is and the story. This is what this is what strong style wrestling is all about. Danielson always had a lot of strong – even when he was wrestling in WWE. You know, Danielson's one of the first guys besides maybe a punk who really was bringing Japanese style to WWE with the uh, the, the kicks he used to use and the, some, the mini submission holes. And, you know, I think commentary did a great job of kind of explaining how – what strong style is all about. He didn't want to break Okada's arm because he hated Okada. He wanted to break his arm because, you know, adversity is what strong style is all about. You know, you persevering through adversity, fighting through uh, a lot of pain. And I think uh, that element, that underlying element that was added to this match with the uh, brutality that Danielson uh, brought, and this wasn't even uh, one of those 40-minute type of matches that I've seen Okada do. This was really concise, and I think uh, 100% it was better than Forbidden Door. And uh, it was just, it was really, really good. It was just, uh, honestly, these are two of the best doing what they do. I almost, again, had to stop myself from just saying, well, what the hell did I expect? Like, no, you got to sit back and just enjoy it and not try to take it for granted because they just are two of the best in the world. And I think a match like this just showed it. And to have Danielson in the ring 
doing the yes chance and just getting that adulation from the fans in Japan. I know you could just tell from the look on his eyes during the match how, uh, well, the, the good eye, as you could just tell <laughs> that uh, he really, really, uh, this was special to him, you know? <laughs> right, the good eye. Okada did take his eye patch off, so you finally got a chance to see, see how it looks. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, you can tell how much this meant to him, and I think uh, Okada being who he is and doing this in the Tokyo Dome, you know, it's just it was special. It was just special all around, and them showing respect to each other. You can't ask for much more because, you know, I don't think you can have a conversation about five, the five best. Or if you're talking about these past decade, you damn sure can't talk about the best wrestlers of the past 10, 10 15 years without mentioning the American Dragon and Kazushi Okada. Yeah, there's one thing about Danielson as well is that. You know, even though he wasn't on anybody's list the rest of the year, he probably had like three or four match of the years, you know, last year candidates. Yeah. And a lot of that was injury year, problems, you know. just because he went yeah, away. Even, like you said, even yeah. with injury with WrestleMania matches, you like, you know, the triple threat mm-hmm. with Roman and Edge as well, you know, just always delivers on the bigger stage. Um, and I think we all agree five stars there. I don't think there's any doubt. <laughs> Don't think I need to go round and ask. I give it a four point yeah, five stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. you're lying. <laughs> well, predictions all went Okada, so it means I'm on three, Monty on four, Gina on five, Jaxi on six. As we head to the main event, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Tetsuya Naito versus Sanada. We see Naito gaining control of the mat early, try to send Sanada to the floor. Sonata reversed and Naito to the floor, but in his own version of Naito taunt. Naito, knowing one Destino wouldn't be enough, tried for a second, but Sonata reversed into a TKO. Sonata tried for a moonsault after kind of missing the first one, but it landed it. Naito kicked out anyway and interrupted Sonata's follow-up with a spine buster. Sonata tried hoisting Naito up, but he was dropped again. Naito did hit Destino once, but again was forced to try for another this time, Sonata slipped free, making the move partially land. After Sonata kicked out, he hit Naito with a sudden deadfall, forcing a match reset. Sonata hit Destino with his own, but Naito stuffed the deadfall. And then Naito to DDT. Sonata fired back briefly, but could not hold on to any lead. Naito's own deadfall left Naito uncontested to another Destino. This time... It proved enough to pin Sonata and win the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. After the match, Naito grabbed the microphone. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. Monty, what were your thoughts on the main event and what happened afterwards as well to kind of make your dreams come true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, the match itself, this is, just, this is what I've been waiting for, man. This is a story that I've been waiting for waiting to finally happen. Everyone talks about Cody Rhodes, and people are complaining, oh, man, why he couldn't finish the story then? Well, talk, think about trying to finish the story for seven years. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much what Naito has been trying to do. And then the personal story between Sonata and Naito is 18 years worth of a story. Like I said, you know, you have a guy who said in his, very, in his, in his tryouts for New Japan that nothing means more to him than uh, being in New Japan pro wrestling, and that was Naito and Sonata, who was a kid at the time, quiet as he all as he still is now to this day, uh, did not win, did not make it through that tryout because they were both trying out at the same time. But Naito did, 
He was a prodigy. He was denied at the beginning. Uh, again, the story of Naito is just one of the greatest stories ever. And I, I just, I, for someone who's been here, basically, you know, a little bit after that, the, his denial, basically, of them moving his main event that he earned from winning the G1, they chose to watch Shinsuke Nakamura and, uh, and Tanahashi. And, you know, so be it. But Naito finally got to his spot after many, many injuries, after falling short against Okada in 2018. Here he is finally being able to pull off the victory against someone who, uh, if not his best friend in the business, definitely uh, his biggest rival from the beginning uh, in Sonata. And uh, it was, this was just really good stuff. You heard those people. If you don't want, if you don't believe me, or if you weren't into it because uh, it was a long show or whatever the problem was, go back and listen to those people in the Tokyo Dome and tell me that they didn't believe and they didn't want Naito to finish that story and finally be able to become world champion in the main event. I think that's what made this so special to me. Also, because I felt like I was in that building with them. And all the people who were screaming and crying and going absolutely insane for Naito. And when he picked up the mic after the match and was seeming like he was going to finally start off his roll call, of course, Evil shows up and uh, attacks his own. By the way, Evil was trained by the same guy who trained Naito, Animal Hamaguchi. They both was also in the same dojo. So, again, as much as this was Evil. Evil tonight, I swear. I'm... I will, you're gonna hate the next few podcasts. I'm telling you, you're gonna get more evil. So you might as well. You might want to stop watching New Japan D because you're probably about to get more evil instead of less. But anyway, uh, and and you know, besides that, like I said, him and Naito have a long history. So as much as this was evil being the a hole that he is, this was also in his own way him wanting to be a part of the roll call in his own special way, whether he wants to admit it or not. He never will. Because he's evil. But Sonata coming back and Shining Wizarding, his former partner, someone he oh used to God. travel up and down the road. That was such a badass moment. Like, he came out of nowhere in terms of the camera angle. Like, watching right. it from the TV, you just did not see him come from nowhere. So when it happened, you're just like, oh my God. That was awesome. That was an awesome moment for Sonata. Yeah, and then the people making Sonata cry. His cold gimmick was the cold skull. He shows no emotion. That's just who he is. He's always been quiet. He's just he does his business and he get out. The most you get out of him is a flick of the ear so he can hear the people chant for him. Sonata cried, bawling as they chanted Sonata's name. And Naito told him Gracias Sonata, which again was in his own way, including him in the roll call of LIJ, which again was just special. And finally being able to say those names, to list off the members, include himself, say no Sostros, Lost in Guba, Nable, Day, Ha, Pong, finally to do it in front of all those people with everyone singing along. I was in tears. I screamed it with him. This was special Uh to me, man. And I, it, it always will be. He's my favorite wrestler in the world. And to be, to finally watch him be on top. And now knowing what I know now going forward, when he, he will actually probably finally get a run with this belt instead of losing it so fast like he has in the past or getting injured, hopefully, please, Lord willing, he stays healthy. Uh, yeah, man, this is special stuff for everyone who loves LIJ and loves Tetsuya Naito. Well, I think Monty said it best there, really. You know, like I said, 
I don't think I've heard the crowd so loud. I don't know about everybody else, but like literally, he was the most over babyface, you know. Like and talk about Sonata crying, literally blood, sweat, and tears, you know. Um, Jaxie, what are your thoughts and what would you score the main event out of five? I mean, yeah, I, I don't really know if I can top the thought that, like, Monty sort of described. Again, I, mean, I, it. I, I don't, he really did. He, he sums the match up well and everything. Um, this match was just awesome. Uh, to be honest, I don't think, I've, I think I've rarely seen Sonata and Naito in the same ring as one another, even when it comes into tag matches, like, with how much, New Japan, like I've really watched, you know, like I, it really has been over the past year or so that I've really kind of gotten into it more. Watching these two against each other, it was just like you could just tell there was a familiarity um, and so much trust within one another that they just made made this match great. They they just ran with it. They trusted one another and in turn trusted the audience to just sit there and watch them like finish telling this story um that by the way the commentators really did actually a, an amazing job at talking about the history between these two the history of naito and and you know sort of like the the, the bad luck he's had um whenever he has been champion you know so like overall like monty described in a much greater way than i can um this was a great way to, to sort of like finish telling that story for naito um and i was so pleased to see him get the one, two, three. But that shining moment really came in with, with Sonata. Like, that that was just awesome for me. <laughs> what would you score out of five? That's getting a five, two from me. Five from you. Uh, Gina, what's your score? Yeah, I gave this one a five as well. I didn't really see any other fitting um, score for it other than five. Uh do I need to ask you, Monty? Or... <laughs> yeah, you know this was perfect, man. This was perfect. Five stars. Sonata is finally validated. I can't wait for him to come back because now he has a story to tell to where he can finally be the guy. You know, so I just... it's, a, it's a, They got a lot of ways they can go from here. And I, I, I'm just... Yeah, I was beyond... I was over the moon. Well, predictions... Uh... We all went Naito, so final scores. Oh, for fuck's sake. James on four. Not bad in the end, I suppose. Monty on five. <laughs> New Japan deity. Gina on six. And the winner and the first to take the lead in 2024. It is Jaxie. <laughs> oh, my <Jaxie> God. <laughs> wins Wrestle Kingdom. Well done. Oh my gosh, this irony. There is so much irony here. You know, I epically failed to the end of 2023. So to come out um, winning the first sort of pay-per-view for 2024, this this was a redemption really needed on my part, you know. Um, I'm, I'm glad I stuck with it. I feel like if I had gone a little bit more daring and actually, I feel like I could have gotten a, a couple more wins, um, but I, I was too daring and went with the others. Um, so, oh, well, I will take this win. <laughs> and I realise if I'd well, answered think way. differently, I would have got seven. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'll just go the opposite one yeah. next time. Don't try, don't try, James. Just let me have let me have my glory for once, okay? No, don't try. About me. I'm not, I'm not about you. Well done, you win. Great, move on. Uh, yeah, proud sensei. Proud sensei. Yeah, sensei. But you, I don't think deity anymore. Thank you. I told you months ago that I was a demigod. I haven't watched in six months. You don't listen, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a bit like everybody else when I'm talking on the pod. All right. Yeah. That's not a surprise. Well, you talk That's so tough. much. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to my sensei. He taught me well. Arigato. <laughs> Am I allowed to talk now, or is it too much? Anyway, all titles changed hands. I do love it when it happens. So overall, then MVP, my MVP of the night was Rocky Romero on commentary. He was fantastic. <laughs> he was intelligent, put all the talent over, and actually was interesting to listen to. So I mm. really, really enjoyed the job they'd done. Um, match of the night as well, I will say, uh, Carter Danielson, Jaxi. Who's your MVP and what's your match? Um, my match of the night is going to be Okada and Danielson, I think. Um, and oh, it's really difficult. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't choose. So I'm going to go with both Naito and Sonata for MVPs. Um, I just think that they made that that main event feels special even for those who haven't been watching New Japan that long um, and it just impacted me so yeah I'll give them both the MVP Gina what about you match and MVP um, yeah I'm going to go Okada Danielson for the match and MVP I'm actually going to give to El Fantasmo because he just sticks out to me like when I think back on the whole match card, I just think of ELP, so I'm going to give it to him. That's a good choice. And Monty? Nobody's getting any glory from me except Tetsuya Naito, and the match is Tetsuya Naito and uh, Sonata also. What's your score out of 10? Is that Tetsuya Naito as well? <laughs> yeah, if, if, yeah, exactly. That would be my score. My score is Naito and Sonata. <laughs> Uh, or just 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 Lij all together, uh, but no. Uh, my my overall grade would be uh, about a nine and a half. I thought it was a really good Wrestle Kingdom. I thought uh, one of the strongest, really, if you just think about a match by match basis. Even if I didn't understand the booking decisions, I uh, to be honest, until I started doing this show, I never gave a damn about who won and who didn't. I was always along for the ride in New Japan, and that's what this felt like when I was just watching it. I really could care less. Because I love everyone so much, and I just love the style so much. So uh, the only decision that mattered to me was who was walking out as champion, and as long as it was nice. Uh, so yeah, man, nine and a half with me. This is a really, really great show. Uh, Gina, what's your score out of ten? Um, yeah, I'm going to give this a nine. Overall, I just enjoyed the show and it just made me realise that I really do need to try and find some time to keep up on and in touch with New Japan because so much happens. Well, don't do that because it would be worse predictions. I mean, just look at me. I probably watched them 
most. James, I want my crown at the end of this year, okay? I want my crown. So so we're going to have to go for it. So, um, yeah, score out of 10. Jaxie? Yeah, I'm giving it like a nine. Uh, I'm going to give it like a nine and a quarter um, out of 10, I think. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Um, for me, it was the best Wrestle Kingdom I've watched live, so to speak. But again, I don't know if it's because I've got more emotionally invested. There wasn't one match on this card that I went, what? Well, apart from the Rambo at the start, but I think everybody did. That was the point, wasn't it, you know? Um, so I think, yeah, really, really good stuff. And like I said, the backstage comments were great. So you go and check that out. Uh, the Aftermath, well, just 24 hours later... They held New Year Dash. Uh, we saw Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Rizuki Taguchi World Television Championship. And we saw Tanahashi's bun. <laughs> As the president was making his way backstage, in video of a long-haired man kickboxing played on the Titantron, the man emerged from the car in a suit and flip-flops revealing themselves to be Matt Riddle. And he challenged Tanahashi to a future World Television title match. And Tanahashi accepted and said he didn't know who Riddle was, so he plans to carry out some research. Either that or just smoke a blunt. Um, Jackson, what do you think about Matt Riddle versus Tanahashi? It's definitely a match I didn't think we were going to see in 2024. It's, it's definitely not a match that I wasn't planning to see. I mean, I'll, I'll be watching a match like that for sure, but I mean... I'm... It's not that I'm not a, a Matt Riddle fan, but I'm just like, I don't really care to see him face Tanahashi. So, <laughs> um, you know, I don't see someone like Matt Riddle winning against a veteran like Tanahashi who's been in this business for so long. And if Riddle's just coming in for a one-off, I don't really see him making an impact. Now, if you're telling me that he's going to go ahead and sign with New Japan and then maybe build himself up, maybe eventually, yes. But at this level right now, nah, bruv, you're not, you're not beating Tanahashi. So, bro, um, so, I mean, I'll watch this match for sure, but am I excited by it? No, I think Tanahashi could face many other people and I would be more excited by that. So. Well, we saw also El Fantasmo and Hikaleu defeating Oscar Lube and Yotu Nakashima. Afterwards, Chase Owens laid out ELP. So it looks like we'll get ELP and Hikaleu versus Chase Owens and his partner, who Chase decided will be Kenta for the IWGP tag team title soon. This was also the Young Lions send-off match. Uh, Shoto Umino, Mastawato, El Desperado, Tamatonga, Honma and... McCabe defeated House of Torture. Evil Renderita Show, Yushinu Kamura, Takashi and Dick Togu. It looks like we're going to get El Desperado versus Kanemura for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title after Kanemura hit his former tag partner with title belt. Could be worse. Evil cut out a chunk of Tama's hair. My God, then got him deleted on the New Japan website. Can you think of anything worse? United Empire, Will Ospreay, uh, Francis Akawa, TJP, Jeff Cobb and Hanare versus Bullet Club War Dogs ended in a no contest. We found out Will Ospreay will have his final match for New Japan 
at New Beginning on February 11th, and it will be United Empire versus Bullet Club War Dogs in a 10-man steel cage match. Um, it's been a long time steel cage match. Go on. Yeah, it was just chaos that match. It like the there was no way the rest was ever gonna get control of that match. They all just were wanted to bleed. Like, what was that at the end? Did they have like a fork that they were stabbing into Francesco Akira's head? It was just it was insane. Yeah, they did. Yeah, he's bleeding everywhere as well. It's really, it's quite shocking yeah. actually when you think about it. Yeah, and then all the Isn't security it? fences and everything get thrown around. That'd be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but a cage match as well. We don't usually get them. We see just five guys. Um, Sonata, Taichi, Yamura, Doki and Taka defeated Los Goblin and Arbelez. Taka hit the Michinoku driver. Fucking that takes me back. Um, Yay! <laughs> I mean, when's the last time he done that, Monty? 97? He... He won a random match like a couple months ago with it, but yeah, yeah, it's always nice when he finally hits the Michinoku driver because he's been losing for as long as I watched him in New Japan. But yeah, man, Taka's great. I love everyone. Anyone who don't know anything about uh, Japanese pro wrestling, or if you just remember the old WWE days, Taka Michinoku is awesome. Yeah, he is shit up. Um. Taji Shimori became the KOPW 2024 champion. We should say the KOPW changes champion every turn. Every year. year. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who the champion at the end of the year. It's going to be a new champion in 2024. And Ishimori beat Great Akan, Toriyanu, and Yo in a 10-minute scramble match. Ishimori scored a decisive pin over Great Akan with 90 seconds to go and then just ran around. Yeah, ran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the best... What's wrong with that? That's what I'd do. Um, and the main event saw a shocking result as the dream team of Kazuchika Okada, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Tomaru Ishii uh, proved to be a nightmare as TMDK scored the win with Shane Hay small package oh. on Ishii. My God, who would have thought? I mean, talk about star power, though, in that matchup. I know I heard Jackson <laughs> hey, shouting about it. Yeah, you know for a fact that I was like, oh my gosh, this is a sexy lineup. Look at all the, these four. Would you have ever imagined that? Like, all four of those Especially men. Like... Ishii. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when Ishii's music dropped, I legit, like, my head just turned like, what? What? This is so random, but I'm loving it. It was great. Well, also, we saw Daniel Sinner, Zach Sable Jr., interacting throughout the match. And Zach Sabre Jr. challenged the American Dragon to a rematch uh, from Wrestle Dream. Uh, and also, Cozy Fujita, Michael Nicholas, and Shane Haste. Because, um, I mean, you probably tell the story better because he's no longer a young boy. He's, oh, you can explain. No. Go on. He's graduated. You know. Yeah, no, yeah. he's graduated, man. He's, uh, he spent time in Australia. Uh, he's been everywhere, and he's been basically learning straight from TMDK. Zack Sabre Jr. and the rest of the crew. He's been in America a couple of times. So Fujita is ready, and he he called out, basically, Okada. Okada told him, don't get ahead of yourself, you punk. I just love, I just love, the, I love the way Okada talks to, young, to the young, to the youth. <laughs> Such a great role I'm, model, Okada. Yep. 
hundred percent. I mean, I just saw this more as like daddy's talking. You need to listen. <laughs> and uh, like I said, it was really fun, but the schedule for New Japan as well is already full up. You already mentioned Evil versus Tamatonga tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, El Desperado Kanemura on the 23rd of January. Well, yeah, Shuta versus Ren Narita on the 24th. One Fourth, on one. Yeah. Uh, February 11th, you've got Will Ospreay's last match. You've also got, and this is what Chad Shimori said. I didn't. He said it was going to be Shorty <laughs> versus Fatso for the KOPW title. I didn't say that. You, Monty, you can back me up. <laughs> yeah, he, he said it. Shorty versus Fatso. Not only that. guess which one is fat, I guess. (laughs) I mean, like I said, this is it for now. It's been long enough. But I think we should catch up maybe in three months' time. Uh, Like I said, we've got all this stuff, plus a Carter's last match, plus Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. uh, on the same day as the cage match on the 11th of February. And then you've got Nick Nemeth versus David Finley. And Tanahashi versus Matt Riddle on the 23rd of Feb as well. So, like I said, yep. there's so much going on with these matches. It's Moxley just, just fought Shingo and went uh, uh, the oh, Battle shit. in the Valley. I forgot to mention that. You've got Battle in the Valley. You've got <laughs> Okada and coming up. Fought for the last time. Tanahashi, Tanahashi versus Musta Valley, is it? Coming up? Or is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hiromu versus uh, Ali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got. Uh, sorry, remember you got um, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, Moxie, Naito there as well. It's just mm-hmm. bananas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they they're going really really hard. Uh, and yeah, man, <laughs> it's just it's a lot. It's a lot going on in New Japan. A lot of shuffling too. So that'll be exciting. Uh, it's gonna be exciting. It really is. But um, before we go, finally, I mean. Like I said, we're going to try and wrap up, but I did want to speak about Kota Ibushi, you know, because it's unfortunate, but I have to save that to the next show. But yes, Monty, there was breaking news uh, Mm -hmm. as as everybody kind of woke up as it was. And what was the breaking news coming out of New Japan? Kazuchika Okada has announced that he will not be renewing his contract uh, on January 31st, uh, that ends on January 31st. So he will be finally leaving New Japan, which is something that don't the ace, the, the top guys in Japanese professional wrestling companies just they don't do this. But he announced it, gave them a notice on Thursday. Uh, obviously, because they the way they switched around some dates, New Japan was not expecting it because instead of uh, defending the six man titles at uh, New Beginning, they're gonna do it sooner than that, I think on the 24th, 23rd. And then Okada will, on the, in New Beginning will have his final match, his final one-on-one match against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, he has two more dates, I think on February 22nd and 23rd, that I, I'm hoping he choose to fight like a Shota or one of the young guys because that's, like, you can tell by the way they booked his last six months. There's no way they knew he was leaving because you don't have a guy like Okada in a six-man tag team uh, when you could be putting even, over the next generation. I'm about to say, they didn't Go even ahead. do tracks in the G1, did they? Like um... No. <laughs> not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even really... Yeah, he did barely dealt with the kids, because if I remember it right, I think Sonata was in the block with the kids. So, yeah, man, he, he hasn't... 
other than like that tag match, I think Ren and Shota when they tried to take the uh, uh, when they tried to fight Tanahashi and Okada, uh, he hasn't really had much to do with them. And even that match, they weren't anywhere near his level. So it's unfortunate, man. Uh, it really is for New Japan fans, for people who really just like New Japan. It's unfortunate. I'm pretty sure, it, and you can tell by social media, it's some of the most exciting stuff that happened to the wrestling world. You know, AEW fans, WWE fans, all types of people are all of a sudden the biggest fan of Kazuchika Okada, which I'm not saying they weren't before. I get it. He's awesome. It's really easy to see why he's been the man for so long. Uh, but, you know, we talked about it earlier, James. It's going to be a lot of changes, and New Japan is going to be completely different, man, uh, going forward. I I can't imagine New Japan without Okada. I've never watched New Japan without. He mentioned it. He was. He hasn't taken any time off from injury, so we haven't really had uh, like a few months of a reprieve from Okada <laughs> ever. So, so but, but I'm trying to work out. Insane, so, man. so like, if for people listening from like Untaker losing his streak, do you know what I mean? Like, how shocked yeah. were you by this? Was it like was it that bad, or was it? Did you have like kind of any inkling, or was it just like? Because obviously, like, Tanahashi took over as president because Akala didn't like the the former guy, you know. I can't remember yeah. the name right off the top of my head. And I thought, oh, that's a bit of backstage. Retrospectively, again, just... now that I have a lot of time to think about it, I think signs were there that he wasn't necessarily content with just New Japan. But at the same time, he talks a certain type of way in, naturally. He's always been confident. He always puts over New Japan, but he would say stuff recently like ah new japan is where the best wrestling in the world is but he would say ah it's because i'm there though you know what i mean so like <laughs> he always had that type of you don't know if that's just him being okada or is that really him saying that this place is nothing without me type of deal and i don't know how bad the relationship was with the last president but it must have been something and this is something that even tanahashi had no, no control over because he just mentioned and he, he just did a press conference talking about it himself and just how you know he was he was hoping that Okada could do more with the young uh, with the people of the future with the kids of the future and how he just wasn't really expecting it and uh he said he had an awesome quote like uh when the rain stops there'll be a rainbow so yeah man they're going they're moving forward it's going it's literally a new beginning that's the next show next series of shows but i, I even Tanahashi sounded like he didn't he wasn't sure about this didn't know this was going to happen so this is this is insane. I, I think they, I think New Japan just assumed, just like always, Okada would come back, resign, do do his deal, and you know help them prepare for the future. But you know Okada's had different thoughts. It, it could be a, a plethora of things. It could be he want to go to the AW with, and try fighting a new batch of talent. It could be he wants to join up with Shinsuke, a great friend of his, and wrestle a more relaxed style in WWE. It could be. Uh, I doubt this because I don't think Impact has the money, but at, at the end of the day, I don't know if Okada needs money. He could have just really fell in love with uh, what he's been doing, with the little stuff he's been doing on the side with TNA. I don't know. It's just, it's completely shocking. It's right up there with Undertaker losing. I would, I would never say anything is over that because I never thought he was going to lose the streak, but this is right next to it, man, because I never thought Okada would be anywhere other than New Japan. So, yeah, this is a big deal. It's just crazy, isn't it? You know, like you said, and again, is he looking over and thinking all these great talents and he, maybe he can wrestle once a year and then he's like, oh, you've got to wrestle these younger guys in New Japan. He's thinking, well, I can 
wrestle better ta- not better talent, but you know what I mean, like right, right. He's, he's you know schedule wise as well, and me you know people knowing him, and it'd be he's a father now. Like it's yeah, a lot of factors right. that can go into it. Yeah, I mean, I know Jaxie, you must be devastated, but again, <sighs> at least he'll be closer to home in America. Speak, I guess. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to be devastated. I'm very happy for him and his family, but in my head, he's still with me. You know, like in my imagination. So I don't. I can be in denial about that as much as I want. Um, am I going to ever complain at getting him potentially on sort of you know um, more uh, given more TV time uh, within uh, a Western sort of audience? I'm not going to complain at all. This is absolute music to my ears you know so i can only just wait and see where he signs but either either way if he's on impact ring of honor whatever i'm following him to wherever he goes so um i I look forward to seeing what potential matches and dream matches are going to come out of him being um open to uh sort of like a wider range of audience a wider range of um of wrestlers so i'm excited to see what what his year is going to bring um i really can't I, I can't really like tell you where I, I can imagine where he'll be six months time from now, right now. Um, but that's, that's exciting. You know, I can't wait to see where he just pops up, wherever he pops up. I really hope that he is able to bring his entrance music with him just because what the moment you hear that coin drop, honestly, just know that my neighbors are all going to be woken up regardless as to what time it is when I'm watching it. I'll be screaming. Please. <laughs> Right, and I think, well, I mean, Gina, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Because, like I said, we're not sure where he's going to go. We're not sure why he's going to do it. But, again, it's a, it's another interesting thing, isn't it, you know? And is Tony Khan just going to take him and just make him another wrestler like Will Ospreay and Jay? Why? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is, like, you don't... I don't necessarily want Tony to nab him, and I also do. I don't want him to nab him because I don't want him to ruin Okada. But I also would like to see him get him because I would love to see him on AEW TV more. So I feel really torn but behind this. But I'm also excited just for Okada to embark on this next journey. You know, he he obviously wants to change things up and do something different. And I'm I'm here to support that. I'm all willing to see what he's got in store for us next. So and I also know that like his wife is probably doing loads more work as well, which I just found out, by the way, his wife is more famous than him. And I'm actually shocked by that. But um, either way, if he's following his wife and that's why he's deciding to do this, then fair fair play to him. If he's just doing it for a new adventure, bring it on because I'm excited for it. Just wait till you find out. Shoot, his dad's red shoes, eh? Uh, so, but like <laughs> you said, it's going to be interesting. No, really? <laughs> I know. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I only found that out. Um, last, but... last thing I want to say about last oh. thing too. For all my worldwide fans who really love Japanese professional wrestling, as bummed out as we all are, by the way, uh, because this is just, at the end of the day, it's not even just the fact that Okada's gone. It's the fact that they've lost Jay White, they lost Osprey now, and Okada in the same year. They lost AJ and Shinsuke at the same time also, and they recovered, but it took time. And I think that's the thing is you just have it's gonna take time. And I think that I'm now I have the mindset that I kind of take pride in this. The rest of the world, whenever you become big deal in New Japan, that the rest of the world is watching. And WWE, AEW, whoever, whatever promotion, they are looking to 
of signing the best talent in the world. So as bummed out as I am, I don't necessarily think we need all the biggest stars only on this side of the earth. I love that. I love when wrestling had them spread out everywhere. You just kind of have to seek it out. But at the same time, I would never tell anyone not to seek a bigger platform uh, for them personally. So all, all my Japanese fans out there, all the fans who love Japanese professional wrestling, we can be bummed out for now. We can be happy for Okada, but let's just try to uh, keep our heads held high and try to keep supporting uh, Puroso as as we continue on because stardom is losing a lot of talent to different people. Like we talk about Julia contractor up. Uh, Mariah May let, let her. We see what she's doing at AEW. They let her contract go. Uh, a lot of other talent just around different Japanese promotions is going and spreading their wings. So, uh, you know, we all we, we wish them all the best, but let's just let's just let's try to work on pushing more, better talent towards the future for all my Japanese professional wrestling fans. And also, I'll just say sometimes, you know, being forced to make a change or, you know, when something sudden happens, does work out for the better. You know, like the attitude era would never happen if it hadn't been forced to kind of change and look for new stars the same with the kind of John Cena right. Randy Orton and at that time you know even with the Shield you know and stuff like this sometimes when certain wrestlers aren't there anymore people are there to fill the gaps and one thing for sure is that in a year's time New Japan will probably be completely different to what we've just seen right now definitely um, so I think that's it I don't think we could do anymore anybody want to review Battle and Rally no we'll leave it uh, don't forget <laughs> 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 across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast, I'm at the WNR JR. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find to listen to you? At my Monty Pod, or you can go wherever you get podcasts, type in Mind of Monty. We just released our uh, first podcast of season three, uh, basically talking about life as parents, getting into some of the uh, many little uh, wrestling topics like. Uh, body shaming and wrestling and just people's opinions in general and more. Uh, um, so, yeah, you know, and the future of the podcast. I always seem like I have to discuss that every season. But <laughs> check us out at My Monthly Pod. We finally put out a new one. It just came out, I think, earlier today. So please click the link in my bio on Twitter or you can type in My Monthly where you listen to your podcast. And I've just retweeted it as well. Jack C, where can people find and follow you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter X at Jaxie Scarlet. And Gina. You can find me on X at Purple Pain. Double and also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us to Send us an email to Double Podcast at gmail.com. Come on, James, you got this. And YouTube is another podcast with all the latest clips and podcasts got at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone, also Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode is next week. Jackson and Gina, I don't know if I've told you this, but we're going to do a classic Royal Rumble. So you're going to have to watch a Royal Rumble by next weekend. Monty, it's your pick. What are you forcing us to watch? I'm forcing everyone to watch uh, one of the best Royal Rumbles I've ever seen. The 2007 uh, Royal Rumble, I believe it's 2007. Uh, yeah, the one with, uh, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it was one of the greatest, especially great Royal Rumble matches. I vividly remember. We're going to look at that entire show. So, yeah, that should be fun. Isn't that got um, 
John Cena and Umaga as well? Am I getting confused? Yes, I think that's Cena versus Umaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, so that's a good one. So that's what we're going to do next week. We're going to review that and do the Royal Rumble 2024 predictions. It's that time of year again, eh? It's crazy. Um, but until then, I was, I've been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Jaxie, well done winning the very first show of 2024. No one can take that away from you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm already setting a standard, so I've already got now high expectations from myself to continue this streak. So let's see how we go. Everyone put your, you know, you, cross your fingers and, and just uh, pray for me. Let's see how I get on. Um, hopefully uh, I'll just continue to go further up. But it's been fun. Well, I doubt the mind of Monty. Monty, thank you very much for filling us in on the details that we needed to. No problem, no problem, no problem. We, uh, If we keep up with it a little bit better, hopefully we will not have to do this for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> I will promise you, there's no going to happen again, all right? I have got, like, three years of strong in my pocket somewhere. I'm going to do one day. <laughs> <laughs> a year and a half of impact, too, huh? A year and an impact, you do know that. <laughs> yes, mate, yeah, we got that there. Um, but that's New Japan all sorted out. See, Gina, we did it, and it wasn't that bad. Three and a half hours of our lives. No, of course not. Definitely not that bad. <laughs> but it was still an enjoyable one, and it was one that was needed, especially because we don't do New Japan so often. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And, of course, next week should be fun. A retro view, Rumble 07. Of course, like we said, the predictions. But until then, thanks for listening, everybody. And bye.